When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm driving. Sockets are open. The knuckles are pale. Feels like you're dying. You're dying. Yeah. Good morning, Izzy Kippy for breakfast, S-E-N-Z. Please go have a look at our socials, please, because you can see a miniature Ricardo sitting in the back of the seat, and you can see a sad Tony Kemp. Go have a look. It's funny as ever anything. It is out of nowhere. It's just crazy what Kez is coming up with in the socials department, mate. Keep up the good work. Sleep Izzy deprivation for breakfast. is what it's called, nigga. <laughs> Oh, you're doing a good job, mate. We love it. We love it. It brings a good vibe and energy to the show. It is Friday the 30th of June. That is right. Go fill up your cars because the tax is going to be taken away this tomorrow. I've got my Rose user charges yesterday, so I've got made the most of that uh, little um, percentage off. So uh, get in there. Get it sorted because on Saturday, back to reality. It's getting expensive out there. But the Ashes... Stumps, day two. England trail by 138 runs, 416 all out. England are 278 for four after 61 overs. They will commence again, take place tonight. Resume, sorry, tonight at 9pm. Ben Duckett, 98, so close. Nearly got the century off 134 balls. Harry Brook and Ben Stokes are in at the moment. Brook, 45, not out. And Ben Stokes, 17 not out, so evenly poised heading into day three. Remember tonight you can catch all the action on SCNZ from 9pm and Kevin has sent a message through already lads. Morning boys, been watching the test intriguing cricket. England take two yards forward, to uh, two back Australia just nagging away through Stark, Hazelwood and Green 30 overs between them, three wickets and 155 runs. Borderline average. Kempe I've got my pen and little black book ready for six uh, six fifty. I believe in you, Kempi Kevin from Titarangi. Well, yeah. Kempi's kicker, K- 
Katoa. Oh. Everyone scored but Katoa. Mate, and there was one there was one time there where uh, they went through and I was thinking, pass the ball, mate. Just pass it to Katoa and keep that kicker alive. They score 50, mate, and he doesn't get on the board. How many How many times has that happened? Was he close? Uh, not really. Not really. They went down. <laughs> Molotov scored a couple. Um, both sent. Ramian. There was a, a uh, texter yesterday that liked the anytime try score for Nakoda, which I think was $2.75, mate. He scored two. Mm. Um, and <laughs> Nico Hines went on a bit of a bit of a cutter, mate, you know, playing for, I guess, an opportunity to play Origin again because uh, I doubt whether uh, Luai will actually make that. That last one, it'll be all down to Freddie whether or not he wants to stick with uh, the mm. Penrith boys or listen to the listen to the crowd, which is screaming change for that New South Wales side. But um, oh, unfortunately, that one just got away from us last night. I was looking forward to that. Uh, it was a big kicker yesterday, is he? I think uh, I think Kez said it was about eleven bucks. That was pain. So yeah. unfortunately for us, we could get eleven across the line. Yeah, mate. Weather's coming in too today. Just uh, talking about that because it's sold out down at the Warriors. And mm. uh, I've read the weather forecast, and it's not looking—it's not looking great with the wind and the rain that's meant to be coming in later on today. Um, it's a little bit drizzly out there at the moment, but I'm not really worried about the rain. I'm worried about that wind because when it does come down there at Mount Smart, it, it does change the face of the game. And Ricardo asked a really good question early on: Do you still think it's 13 plus? Um, I still think there's plenty of points in it. And I think mm. their South is still going to make a couple of changes. Apparently, their centre's struggling uh, and won't play tonight. And they've got a young winger coming in who's meant meant to be the next chariot of fires. Uh, um, speedster. So I think there's the, the changes might help them. But the wind, mate, just sort of throws a bit of a spanner in the works because, as you know, it, it, it plays with your kicking game. Um, it can really tighten things up and it can just be a battle... And if you look at how Salsa picked their side, they've picked four big boppers on the bench, mate. Just could be a battle in the middle for the night. Mm. Let us know, double eight, double three. The weather won't be stopping the faithful, that's for sure, to head along to Mount Smart and watch the Warriors play. Uh, they've got a bit of a solid home run. I think they're four out of six of their last games uh, back home in New Zealand. So uh, they've got a pretty solid run home back in New Zealand. Hopefully the weather can play its part. Kempe, you go in the game. You're going to be calling it from the game? Yep, that's that's exactly right. So me and Sammy will be calling it from 7 o'clock tonight um, live from Mount Smart mm. Stadium. Of course, the run home is there as well this afternoon. So if anyone's there, wants to come and have a chat to to uh, to us or, or Kirsty and Booth, come along. Uh, we try we try and put the, the OB up outside. But depending on the weather, we might have to move it in. We'll just we'll just check on that later on. But we're down behind. You'll be right, Ken. Oh, You'll be right, mate. Mate, it's only, mate, it's only water. Cut it out. I'm used to sitting in the I'm used to sitting in the wardrobe and doing what I have to. You know. I'll sit out there in the rain, uh, mate. That's that's what happens when you're the the, the younger brother. Just get out there and get wet. We've done it before, haven't we? We did that we did that pre show. What was that before the Roosters game when uh, it was chucking it? They chuck, they tri- they didn't even chuck us under the you know, like at, at the Warriors in the Eastern stand, they've got one of those Amer- American stands, you know, where they chuck your you you, dro- you can drive your truck into the what do they call that, like the drop off alley? They didn't mm. even put us in there, mate. They put us at the corner of the stand so the wind wouldn't blow our tent away. <laughs> <laughs> and the rain came down. Oh, yeah, but uh, that's me and Rick Dog. We'll do the we'll do the hard yards, eh? Well, is he sitting down there nice and warm in his pool out? <laughs> I'll light the fire while I'm watching that game. Morning, Rick Dog. Hey, morning. How you doing, Is? Good, good. Yeah, no, Friday, so I'm looking forward to, Friday is to the weekend. Friday mm, is good, love my a friend. Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Mark's already texted through saying, happy South Sydney Day. 
Yeah, <laughs> we didn't read. We didn't read most of your texts yesterday, Mark. And I, I was laughing every time you throw one in there. He's going, "Go on, Kempe, keep pumping them up." Thirteen plus, and then your kicker was uh, South thirteen plus. <laughs> I was, yeah. Just so so you know, Mark, I actually went and picked um, my wife up yesterday from work, and the South South boys are staying in town at the uh, what is that place called? Um, in the around the back there. Oh, it'll come to me anyway in a second. Um, and the South boys are out and about. You know, I think they're I think they're not switched on to be honest, Mark. I saw them playing around on their little scooters. They were choosing what colours they were. Um, I was expecting kids to be coming behind <laughs> them with a the camera. Um, with the paparazzi, but mate, they just—I don't think they actually switched on, Mark. So I'd be a little bit worried if I was a self supporter today. Kimpy, <laughs> oh, my oh, oh. I was, I actually, I was on uh, jumped on Facebook yesterday, and uh, one of my mates had tracked down the South Boys. He's a big Rabbitohs fan. Photos with everybody, basically. Like he was to put up so many photos with the squad, and then he's made his profile picture now—a picture of him and Cody Walker. And his missus went, I'm pretty sure he's going to leave me for this bloke one day. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's some passionate fans out there, Kempi. I'm surprised you didn't get out with the with the phone and start doing a little interview on the side of the street, Kempi. That's you. Um, and I Surely. Just, <laughs> you think about it? Of course I did. Of course I did. <laughs> and I just about to jump out. So Damien Cook, Cook walked right past the car and I went, Cookie, oh, that'd be a great interview. I'll just, I'll go and get him, and I was just about to jump out. I was, he was walking, and who should come flying past but the winger? What's the winger? What's the winger's name there? Uh, Johnson. Alex Johnson. Alex Johnson comes flying past on a scooter. I went, no chance. Don't see me coming. That, but, and of course, by the time I uh, he'd gone past, Cookie had loaded up another scooter. You know what I mean? With the, I don't know how you do it because I stay off those things. I fall off them um, if I jump on them, but. <laughs> He's um, so they've taken off, mate. So I've missed that opportunity, but they are they're staying in, staying at the uh, in town, up the back here. Um, I'm trying to think of the name. So the Pullman. The Pullman, exactly. I should know. That's of course it is. I used to go. Five yeah. star. Yeah, five star Pullman. So um, now nah, the boys <laughs> in town. They've come in early, so they've been here for a couple of days um, preparing. I'd, look, I think it, I think it'd be a good game tonight. I think the way that they've picked those those Ford packs, um, she's definitely going to be a battle in the middle tonight with the, with the weather and. Knowing South and the way that they've um, they've been talked about this week around their defence, I'd say that there'll be a little bit of a stern test going out there in the middle of the park tonight for both sides. Our last home game was Napier, wasn't it? Was that Mate, the last time we played at home? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and we had a, we had a loss, so hopefully we can uh, change those fortunes down there in Napier, and the boys can get back and and put in a solid performance. We're, we're hoping, we're expecting them to, Kimpy and uh, and Ricardo, like just. Weather plays its part, but I don't know. This I just feel like with this group, they would have planned thoroughly for those situations. Does it change too much? I know in rugby it changes a, a wee bit, Kempe. You, you kick a little bit more. But in the game of league, you just got to complete your sixes. And, and they've been kick, kicking extremely well this year. So does it change a little bit more with the style of play? Do you play a little bit tighter? Which the Warriors have probably shown their expansion game going to the edges with great skills under pressure along the edge. But does it change too much with the weather? Yeah, it does. It tightens right up. Just a, our last game at home was against the Dolphins, um, which we won quite comfortably. So, oh, yeah. so we like yeah. playing at Mount Smart. And the difference with that one at Brisbane is that but a lot of people don't realise this, but we've got a really bad record outside of Mount Smart in New Zealand. Um, I mean, I mean, it's like you just wouldn't back your back the Warriors because it's like an away game for them and they really struggle in New Zealand away. Um, but you're talking about the game tonight. Is like it, I, What I think happens, 
um, if the wind is a little bit up like it's meant to be, they're talking they're talking of some serious knots coming in later on this afternoon. Uh, it just tightens everything right up, so it makes the it'll make the passing a lot shorter, but it won't do affect too much of the shape. But it will it will yep. bring the offen- offen- offensive players closer to the defenders. So if they've got their spacing right, Celtic. It will be a little bit easier to um, to defend, but you got to remember too that Celtic have got a, a a really good offensive side. So when they when they are going, especially down this left edge, um, down Kalamatangi's side, they they go really really well. And through Cody Walker and Elias, um, I've watched them play in, in some highlights last night. They actually move that ball really nicely through that that middle third. The one thing that's missing, and, and we'll talk to Bully Luke later on this morning. Um, like Bully said, the one thing that's missing is the size and the power and the strength of Latrell Mitchell, yeah. plus the deft hand of his too, because he has got a, a really nice um, slider hand with with that with that ball that gets out. Alex Johnson's been a, a massive um, recipient of the benefits of playing outside Latrell Mitchell. So I think Latrell Mitchell's probably the difference um, in the south side. If he plays, uh, you wouldn't be that confident. When's he back, Kimpy? Well, they reckon a calf in the sh- um, a calf issue, you know, and and you know what they're like, you know, you get a calf mm. issue and they they're more annoying than anything. Is he a calf issue? Like, so you, yeah. you sort of twinge it, and then you don't know whether you've pulled it, and then you run and it sort of goes away, and then it comes back, you know. So depending on where that tear is, if it's in the barrel of the calf, it could be pretty pretty bad. But yeah, you know, I know guys who had calf injuries, and, and next minute they snap their Achilles. Because it's just referred pain, so you just don't really you don't really know. But he's been off, mate. He's missed both origins so far. He's ruled himself out of the third one, um, which I, you know, me and Rick Dog have spoken about and said, is it because he doesn't want to play for Freddie? <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Well, I was going to say to you, who else has ruled himself out of the third one? There's no Reese Walsh. Caelan Pong has said no mm. as well. He said mm. uh, he said to Billy Slater, he got the call and he said, nah. No, I've uh, said I was going to take a break through the origin period for my head knocks, so that's what I'm doing. So looks like AJ Brimson's going to start at fullback mm. for Queensland in the third origin. Not that it matters, but, you know. No, I reckon AJ Brimson possibly could go to the bench. I think they'll – personally, I think they'll put the hammer back there. I think the hammer playing there and have been playing there all year, and I think they'll bring maybe Dane Gagai back into the centres because of the, the, um, the tried and tested, you know, um, players at that level going down to, to New South Wales. New South Wales will definitely start favourites for that one um, with with Reese Walsh out. But I think they'll move the inner team out, um, out one before they move Brimson into it. That's my that's my call on it. But, you know, Billy Billy's a, a, a far better uh, judge with that Queensland side than anyone at the moment. Jeez, what, he, what decisions he does makes generally come off. He's like he's like Midas, yeah. isn't he? Everything he touches turns mm. to gold. It all seems to work. Uh, and enough of this chitter-chatter. Now for this chat show, let's get to the important, important <laughs> topics what of the got? day. Can't wait question of the day. Oh! It's Friday, boys, which is also Ooh. the gateway to the weekend. So what is your go-to <laughs> Friday feed? How, what's, what, what do you embrace, whether it be Friday lunch, is that knockoff time, or Friday dinner? What's your go-to Friday feed? Oh, it's always the... The thing isn't it. Friday finish at nine. You got all day to prepare, and I've got a nice Oklahoma Joe Bronco 
which is a big um, barrel cooker. Mm. And so for me, it would be some some ribs, some hanging some ribs on the rack and, and you know, putting them on nice little flavouring all through it, some barbecue sauce with some uh, spices or some some um, some herbs and just slowly cooking that for a couple of odd hours, wrapping it, putting a bit of butter, then putting it a bit on, on a bit of ice in the chilli bin. I'm starving. So for me, it'll be something. It'll be something like that. I've, I'm yet to master the brisket. The brisket is the one that I've murdered that many times. You can turn it from uh, a brisket to pure rubber, and it doesn't taste that great. Um, but I'm yet to master a brisket. But it'll have to be ribs. I'll go for ribs or hanging chickens. I'll hang a few chickens on the hooks, <laughs> light the briskets, uh, light the briguettes, and just slowly cook it and chuck a bit of manuka chip on top of it and smoke it. And uh, slowly cook it through the day, and I get all the accolades and all the all the praise because I've done the meat, whereas my wife's been slaving away inside, but doing the doing the potatoes, doing the salads, doing Yum. all the preparation for the sides that will go with this. Yeah. But I'll just sit there, put the meat on, and I'll watch it for about five hours while I'm watching TV. Um, <laughs> that's, be that's, that's that's my kind of barbecue. <laughs> I'd say ribs and chicken for me, or or, or a lamb roast. That's your Friday. Oh, roast. Yeah. What about you, Kimmy? What's you go to Friday uh, feed? Well, me and me and my lovely partner, we normally uh, before I started here, we did date night with Thursday night. You know, mm. so we'd always go out and have a have a couple of vinos and a, and a bite to eat. You know, it was a really um, became a really good good night. But then I started here, and of course, you're up at four o'clock in the morning. Thursday nights are done at seven seven thirty eight o'clock. So I moved it to Friday lunch. And Friday lunch, I tell you, there's nowhere better in Auckland at the moment than Prego that's been around for 30 years. Uh, and I like a steak. Oh, look at you. And just a nicely cooked medium steak. They do a nice little um, butter on top, like a little Ooh. little herby type butter with a, with a nice little uh, potato underneath it. What do you call that? Gratin, is it? Yeah. Gratin. 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 Um, potato underneath with a nice little juice over the top, sprinkled over top, and a pint. That's me. There you go. And, and a, a bit of, and some matutu, matuku oysters there, Kimpy. Hey. Oh well, you a little bit don't of want to push a, the bit of right crayfish. It is only lunch. A little bit of crayfish slider. <laughs> hey. Look at you, Prago. And then we shoot down to Hume Bay and have a nice dessert. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I might have my sea soy decaf triple latte. <laughs> black and white, black and white, please. Oh, oh how oh, far, man. how far some have come. Yeah, is he, I, hey? I, yeah, I, and I, I just want to, I just want to say, Ken said it to my ear. He goes, "God, that's relatable." From from Kimber, and, and there's this great text coming through from John. Double eight, double three is our text line. Friday's pie day for me. It's got to have a pie and a blue V. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'll tell you what. All week, all week, I've been on my walks, walking past the pie shops, and going, "Oh man, I love to have a pie." There's a really good pie shop too. Um, on K Road that you walk past all the time and it's always packed with workers, road workers, and you know if it's packed with road workers that that's a good pie, mate. And I keep walking past and go, one day I'm going to get me a pie. (laughs) It might be today. Yeah, it might be. It might be. So, uh, yeah, let us know. That is a can't wait question of the day. We also want to know where you are because it is Friday, so that means it's roll call. Where are you listening to us? How are you listening to us? And, uh, yeah, Check in with your go-to Friday feed as well. Roy's already chipped in. Local roast takeaway in Beach Haven. 
always pork, but for Ooh. veggies, only potatoes, peas, and corn. None of this pumpkin, kumri, carrot nonsense. <laughs> Dreaming of my roast pork already. Oh, an extra crackling. Thank you, Roy. Ooh. So get your What about you, in. Rick Dog? Oh, well, me on a Friday. Uh, I've uh, I actually uh, have always gone because I, I usually box. I'll go after the show. I'll go boxing, and I'll go home, grab a shower, and then there's this great bakery on the peninsula, and they do the best mm. steak and mushroom pie. So head down, oh. grab myself a steak and mushroom pie, head home. Done. That's me good. And then I'll, I'll probably crack a beer at about two. To be fair, <laughs> it's too How good? <laughs> How good's a pie? John, I know you love your pies. I, I got a wooden bakery out here, and it's such a good pie. They're getting expensive. Those seven old buck for a pie, but mate, this pie is well worth it. Yeah, nice. Well, that it's one you sent pies. us to, is he? That that place you sent us to out at Littleton, when we went down there for oh, the, G, yeah. the yeah, GP sale. Honestly, mate, it was. I, I walked in. It was a cafe, like it's a bakery, but it's an actual sit down and eat your pie. It's that good. Like you get it, you don't want to walk out. You want you want to stay because you want a second one. <laughs> you don't want to have to walk back. And they and Pork honestly, belly pie. They, they had pies for Africa, all sorts of pies you could choose on. You walk in there, you go, oh no, I'm walking out of here, hundred no. stone, mate. Honestly, yeah, pork belly pie turns into pork belly Ricardo. Honestly, jeez, um, easy to do, easy to do. But it is roll call, so let us know. It is Friday. Let us know where you're listening to us and what you're up to. Drop your name on the text as well if you can. That'd be great. And of course, uh, our can't wait question of the day. What's your go-to Friday feed? Let us know. 6.23 on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, your real house of fragrance. New L'Oreal Men Expert Power age range from Chemist Warehouse starting from 1954. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. It is 6.28 on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. 0800 150 or you can text us on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Double eight double three Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Uh, lots coming through for our Friday roll call. Let us know where you are, where you're listening, how you're listening to us as well. And we are talking as well about your go-to Friday feed and lots coming through on this. Uh, Ricardo, pork risotto stir-fry tonight with some Bavarian lagers and maybe an uh, Oyster Bay shard uh, with dinner and the Warriors. Oof, That's from Kevin and Tatarangi. Nice, Mixing Kev. it up. Mixing yeah. it up, Kev. Uh, this one is from Jace. He's, uh, it sounds like he must be driving a truck. He's been listening to the cricket, driving to Dunedin, and now I'm heading back to Christchurch listening to your boys uh, on the Friday. So thanks, Jace, for tuning in, mate. Drive safe, travel safe, and a couple more here. Our mate Joe and Gizzy. Morena gents, Friday pie day at Bunnings Gizzy. From 8.30, free pie and a coffee on bro. Friday <laughs> is homemade takeaways night, so smoked butter chicken on jasmine Ooh. rice and flaky pastry with a homemade naan. Oh, oh. go boy, that's yum. Mate, I, I'm Free feel, pies. Free pies. What the? Yeah, Bunnings and Gizzy. Oh, that's good. That's good work. Our power pies at uh, Hohura are 10 bucks a pop. Ends up being 40 huck for a kai. <laughs> Got to run 20 clicks the next day because you feel like a fat piece of tutai. Is that how I say that right? Tutai. Tutai. Up at Hohura. Um, <laughs> mate, ten bucks a pop. They'd be they'd be Uncle Brett. They'd be well worth it. They're um, yum though, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> They're yum though. And uh, uh, Mark has said tonight she's a pot of pork bones. My missus fried bread and plenty of. Cold oh, I'm beer. coming, Mark. See, that's what I thought you would have had, Kempy, on a Friday. Yep. You and Jay put the pot on. <laughs> Have a nice pork bones, mate, and poo-ha. Nothing but no, you're going to 
pork bone and prego. That's <laughs> <laughs> I actually know the dude too that runs that joint. I'm going to ask him. Can you put some pork bones on for me, brother? I'll be here every Friday. Oh, there you go. The pork bone, pork bone special Friday at prego. You, you wait for that. It's coming. The Kempi special. Uh, keep those texts coming through. Our roll call for Friday. Where are you listening to us? How are you listening to us? And what is your go-to Friday feed as well? Up next, Araha with the latest in news. Thanks to Kubota. We're shaping and building New Zealand. Your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Let's look at some headlines. Big upsets at the Under-20 Rugby World Cup in South Africa. The hosts have lost 34-26 to the Italians and the Georgians have upset Argentina 20-0. The results go with the trend, though, as Southern Hemisphere sides have fared badly against their northern counterparts. Yesterday, the Aussies lost by 20 to Ireland and the uh, Junior All Blacks lost by 21 to France. So uh, it's definitely definitely a trend. Definitely a trend, is he? Changing the guard, isn't it? Yeah. I always always predicted that French outfit are big, big boys. 149 click player playing for France and just got dominated at set piece. 21-0 after half time, 14 all in the second half, but it's changing the guard. Georgia? Georgia. Italy? Yeah. Come on. What's going on What's there? What is going on? Uh, also, some uh, some big news uh, from uh, Izzy's part of the world. The Crusaders are going to embark on their first ever international mm. tour. The Super Rugby Champions are going to play Munster Saturday the 3rd of Feb and the Bristol Bears Friday the 9th of Feb. It'll be the first time the Crusaders have played in Europe since 2011 when they played the Sharks at Twickenham as part of their Super Rugby season following the earthquakes in Christchurch. Colin Mainsbridge, the CEO of the Crusaders, said the Crusaders are thrilled to be coming over to the UK and Ireland to face some stiff competition away from home. New Zealand and Australian clubs have been working on a world club competition for years, so when the opportunity for super teams to play in the Northern Hemisphere comes up, it's too good to pass up. Munster are the current United Rugby Championship title holders, having beaten defending champions the Stormers on May 27 in Cape Town. It was their fourth title win. How excited by this are you, Izzy? Oh, I'm pumped. Absolutely pumped. It's been something that we've been speaking about for a long time. Like The window obviously doesn't suit the Crusaders. Most of the All Blacks will be coming back from World Cup leave. I think they've got one game they're ripping in straight in Super Rugby, so they probably won't travel, but... On the, on the flip side, mate, it's an opportunity to get this ball rolling, isn't it? Something we get to see, and another innovation, something that's entertaining, excitement. Crusaders to head north and take on Munster over there and take on the Bristol Bears. Mate, it's, it's 2026, couldn't come around soon. I think that's when they're trying to get that World Club Championship uh, going. Uh, but this is a start, mate. I'm, I'm absolutely pumped and fizzed that this has come about. It's been in the woodworks and the framework for a while, and now it's here, February 3rd. Come on, see us taking on Munster. What do you reckon, Kempe? It has to happen, doesn't it? Eventually it's going to go this way. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Izzy. I, th- I think it's great um, innovation from rugby to take the Super super Boys up there. And Crusaders, of course, they're leading the way. They're heading up there to play um, a couple of decent sides 
uh, kicking off that time of year too. I reckon it's a good time to kick off February. Yeah. February's when you know all the trolls for the NRL start, all the rugby gets gets under the way, and uh, we're we're asked to have a look at for for us being able to see what the Northern Hemisphere um, teams are like at that time of year. I think it's really really cool. So uh, well done to Colin Mainbridge and the boys down there in the south. Yep, yeah, can't wait till they bring the here's, Southern here's beers into the yeah. NRL. Here's something for you, Rick Dog. Yeah, all the major all the major major club title winners. Have a red jersey. Munster, mm-hmm. Saracens, mm-hmm. Toulouse, yeah. Crusaders. Could someone in red take out the World Cup? Ooh. Wales, not, well, Georgia, Wales. Tonga, <laughs> Tonga, Tonga, I reckon Portugal. Tonga have got more of a chance than uh, the, the Wales currently. There's so, something about that colour red. So Dolphins, dolphins win the NRL. Obviously, obviously, I remember Dolphins. reading. I remember reading something a while ago about the psychology and sport and the colour of jerseys, and they reckon red overall. Like they they measured a whole bunch of different sports and different games, and that red was the predominant winning colour. And they reckon it's uh, it's a show of aggression. Kansas City Chiefs, hey, yeah. Might be a bit of a trend here, lads. Manchester United. Maybe the All Blacks should have had a red. <laughs> Manchester United. <laughs> what happened there, Ricardo? I don't know, it's, it's our year next year, mate. It's our next year. <laughs> <laughs> don't England football team have a bit of red in their shirt too? Don't That's they? their away shirt. Is the red one? Oh yeah. Yeah, is their alternate shirt. So yeah, yeah, maybe something to it. Is he? Maybe something to it. We'll have to see. We'll have to mm. see. actually. I see uh, on that Manchester United have uh, confirmed the signing of Mason Mount from Chelsea for fifty-five million pounds. Well, happy. So, Oh yeah, I think it's I think it's a good good piece of business. Um, he's been Chelsea's player of the season two of the last four years. Can play as a ten. Give Bruno Fernandes a break. Can play as an eight in the midfield as well. Uh, England international. It's a solid purchase, man. It's a solid purchase, and doesn't go against your uh, your foreigner quota either because he's uh, born and bred in England and, and come through the club system. <laughs> So beautiful, yeah, it works well. Works very well. Uh, anyway, there you go. Those are your sports news headlines. We've got a bunch more to get to for you, including news out of the NFL, news out of Lords, and news out of Italian football. We'll get to that at seven thirty. Those are your headlines, though, for the trades and builders. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Now, coming up next, it is Quizzy Dag, and a hundred and fifty TAB bonus bets to give away hundred dollars, hundred and fifty dollars worth of. It's uh, got to go. Got to go today. Got to go today. And we have got some big questions coming your way in the quiz. So 0800 150 You want to play Quizzy Dag, take on the Quizmaster. Give us a call now. It's got to go today. <laughs> Get winter ready with Blackmore's Bio C 1150 tablets from Chemist Warehouse. Now only $31.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Hey, you know we're finally here, right? Where are we? It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ What? It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ What? It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ What? It's Quizzy Dag, 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 Dag. Slay Jays It's Quizzy Dag On S-E-N-Z-Y 
into it. I tell you what, Kimpy won't be getting gout at Prego. No chance <laughs> of that whatsoever. Uh, let right. it go. <laughs> Sorry, Unc. Sorry, I love it. I love it. It's a good spot. Kez has only been there once and that was three years ago for our end of year lunch. And you go there every Friday for lunch. Can't <laughs> We're going, Kez, okay? So there you go, Kez. I got your feed. Kempe's Kempe's like uh, Norman Chairs when he walks into Prego. Eh? The whole place just turns Kempe. <laughs> I wish, oh, I wish. I'm still in the queue. Don't worry about that. <laughs> All right, Michael from Wellington. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, morning, morning Michael. Let's get you paid. 150 bucks bonus bets. Got to give it away today. Here we go. The FIFA Women's World Cup kicks off in New Zealand and Australia on July 20. Four countries have won it. Name them. Uh, USA. Yep. Japan. Yep. Germany. Yes. Yep. There's one more, is there? There's one no more. No way. Yep. Four. Um, Three. Not no Quite way, two. but... Not no way, but... You want to... Sorry, what was that? Not Norway. That was your clue. That's your clue. Norway. Well done. Well done, <laughs> Michael. There you go. USA, Lucky. Germany, Norway, and Japan. Question number two. You're on your own, mate. Which English cricketer picked up Just Stop Oil protester, a Just Stop Oil protester, up and carried him off the ground yesterday? Basto. Yep. Johnny Bearstow. Johnny Bearstow, question number three. Frighteningly, there is more than one Tony Kemp. The other is a pro baseball player. Which MLB club does he play for? NFL. Uh, New York? MLB. 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 It's not New York. Sorry, Michael. Have a good day, mate. Have a look at our Instagram. It might give you a clue. John from Christchurch, morning. G'day, how's it going, mate? Good, mate. Have you been to Wood End and had a pie out there? No, no, Sheffield Pies is the one, mate, but no, I haven't tried a Wood End one. Are they pretty good? They're pretty bloody good, mate. They can get the better of you, trust me. Here we go, mate, <laughs> question number three. Frighteningly, there is more than one Tony Kim. Who would have thought? The other is a pro yeah, baseball yeah. player. Which MLB club does he play for? Oakland Athletics. The Oakland A's is correct. Question number four. England international Declan Rice has transferred to Arsenal for a club record fee. Which club did he leave? Um, Jesus, I heard that the other day too. Uh, which club did he leave? No, I'm not going to get this, but I'll just say Declan Rice. Oh, I'll just go Man U. No, it's not. Man U is incorrect. <laughs> Sorry, John. Enjoy your Sheffield pie, my friend. And Jade from Hamilton. What in a boys, how are we? What in a Jade? Good, thank you. England international. Declan Rice has transferred to Arsenal for a club record fee. Which club did he leave? Uh, any clues on that one, Kitty? Leg of. 
League of Lame. <laughs> League of Lame. <laughs> well, could be or couldn't couldn't be, but there's a few of them. Or League of Pork, League of Chicken. Uh, I'm not boys. No, he's Get gone. Out. He's gone. All good, Jade. Have a good day. Mark from Christchurch. Shall we make his day? Whoops. That clue's no good to me, man. I'm out. Go south tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Going to be rabbit, right. rabbit stew on the menu at my tonight, mate. Don't you worry. Alvin from Auckland. G'day, is it West Ham? There you go. West Ham. Leg a of leg ham. of ham. Yeah. There you go. Christmas ham. Green Boom. eggs and ham. Too easy. All right. Here we go, mate. Question number five. Who scored the opening try at the 2011 Rugby World Cup? I've uh, got a clue. Oh, well, yep. mate. Yep. Yep. There's your clue. Oh, Daggy. <laughs> 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 uh, Alvin, 150 bucks, mate. Bonus bets coming your way. We appreciate everyone that called through. The phone lines are running hot. Alvin, have you got anything you're going to steer us into today, mate? Anything that's caught your eye uh, on the TAB? I just think I'll check that on the Dolphins. I think the Broncos are up for it. They're going to get done. Ooh, big upset. Oh, yeah, okay. You reckon the Dolphins, Alvin, are going to do the Broncos yeah, two, two weeks in a row? Yeah, Broncos just look like they've lost something. And, yeah, just, yeah, I think the Dolphins are going to do it this week. There you go. All right, look at much paid, that's paid. There you go. Yeah. Paid. Um, Alvin, thanks, nice brother. Work. Nice work. We did have a, a text story, actually, guys. if you're looking for something else, maybe, if you want to double that up. Kevin and Titarangi, he loves his horses. He's texted through going, Gold Coast race seven tomorrow. Have a look at Soothsayer, paying 360. Tim Clark, look at the course, the distance, and a good track record. Very good dollars. A green note will get you some nice shards. So there you go from mm. Kevin. It's another tip. Another tip, boys. Keep them rolling through. Of course, it is Friday Roll Call. Let us know where you are listening, how you are listening as well, and what you go to Friday feed is. We are eight away from seven when we come back. It is Love Racing with Kempe. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, it's three minutes away from seven. Keep tuned. We've got a good chat coming up with Bully Luke very shortly. Uh, X-Warrior X, South's obviously a great Kiwi player. Call us anytime, 0800 150 811 and find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz. And big news out of Racing Victoria yesterday who disqualified the 29 horses apprentice jockey Woodamoo Pinroad with an incorrect weight allocation after imprecise communications between the stewards there and New Zealand counterparts, um, which has led to a costly administrative error. Uh, fortunately, the RV board that's Racing Victoria elected not to order the repayment of any prize money paid to the owners, trainers or jockey um, Woodamoo from the 29 horses disqualified, but they have actually moved all that money back to the people that ran behind all of those uh, 29 horses that he rode. So the inquiry determined licensing officials were imp- imprecise in their request to New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing to provide a list of pins, metropolitan records across the Tasman. He, uh, Racing Victoria allocated pin three kilograms um, claim based on information supplied in good faith by the NZTR officials. He rode 29 starters, as we know, including five winners with 25 of them earning prize money, courtesy of a top 10 finish. And uh, as I said before, they're 
reaching decision, they considered that those horses who completed against the pin-rooted horses in each of the 29 races were at a disadvantage and as a result of the incorrect claim. And that uh, allowed the owners, trainers and jockeys of the horses who finished behind the the disqualified horses, they got paid out by uh, Racing Victoria, the balance of the prize money owing based on the amended places. So uh, that would have cost Racing Victoria plenty on that. Um, hasn't stopped Wittemu, though. He's still riding over there, getting plenty of text messages from him at the moment. So uh, now that he's back with his correct weight, we'll still follow him and have a look at how he's doing. There's racing this weekend, obviously, and uh, both those race meetings in New Zealand. There's one at Ruakaka and another at Hastings. I actually like a couple running around at uh, Ruakaka tomorrow. Arrowette in race two, number 11, uh, for our good mate, uh, Stephen Marsh, he's uh, is his best of the day. It's run two thirds. It's it's ready to run. I uh, had a chat to Marshy the other day, and he thinks that that's probably his best of the day. The another one that uh, is getting plenty of uh, bully is race eight, number one, Ledox. Uh, I know that Izzy liked that yesterday, so I'd be putting a little bit of money uh, each way on that. Too. It's paying four bucks a win. Uh, Arrowet paying three dollars fifty. So that's our Love Racing update today. Grab your mates and get on course. Visit events.loveracing. .nz to find a race date near you. Nice work, Kempe. Yeah, I, I, had, I had some money on that, but I multied it up with our uh, power play out of the Sharks game last night, <laughs> oh, so no. I'm dead in the water. Uh, we have uh, Isaac Luke coming up real soon after the latest in news and sport from Araha. Thanks to Kubota, we are building and shaping New Zealand. Yes, welcome back. Izzy Kempe for breakfast, SCNZ. It is Friday the 30th of June, just after 7 o'clock. Yes, we love a Friday. And remember, Ashes live here on SCNZ. England, 278 for four at Stumps. 138 behind Australia's first innings of 416. Tune in from nine tonight for commentary of day three from Lords with Adam Collins, Jeremy Coney, Daniel Norcross, and Baharat Sundarissan and the team. You can catch all the action here. Tonight resumes at 9pm on SCNZ. We've got a big hour coming up. We're going to be talking some Wimbledon shortly with Angus Hamilton. Uh, qualifiers are taking place. And after eight, we're going to catch up with Dallas McLeod out of the All Blacks. He's been involved with that squad for the first time. We'll get a wee update on where he's at and how he's enjoyed his first outing in the new All Blacks side. But it's now five past seven, and it's time for this. Caring for our communities, out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. All right, well, we've been joined by South Sydney and Warriors legend, also played plenty of tests for the Kiwis, and uh, Nati Runui hard from Hawara. Bully Luke, Isaac Luke is on the line with us now. Good morning, Bully. How's things, mate? 
Let's get let's get that one right. I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna say um uh uh what what's the other one up there? The, the one from Urunui. Isn't that your phonanga as well? No, I just tell Manan and then um Ruin Ruin man. Oh nice baby. Hey, what are you up to these days? No, bro, I uh, <clears throat> so I work for Taste Queensland and I foundation role where I help go to uh, schools and um, help the kids get their set to ultimately at our, at our school it's uh, three sessions a week uh, one will be prep one will be gym and then one will be theory which is mate but I um, I only did a year 10 at the moment but I'm doing my TAE at the same time so I'm doing my set to be a teacher so I can host the classes by myself. I, at the moment, I've got an assistant there to help me. And did you always want to get into that, Isaac? Was that something that you were keen to, to delve into post footy? Is, is giving oh. back to the next generation? And, and what's the talent like over there, bro? Bro, uh, you know, so uh, what union is in ho- over home, how big it is, is what rugby league is here. And, and I think the heartland of Australia being Queensland, it's pretty big, bro. Um, yeah. I don't think that I was going to help you vision this because I was. I'm, my passion for the game was a lot like my dad. Like I, when my kids, are, I, I'm not, I'm no good to be around. Um, yeah. cause, you know, because I know the game, and I thought know, my son, I've had to break down the game. My son had to break down the game. I said, "When you come and do something, like he, you can hear me." So. <clears throat> Ultimately, I didn't want to get into maybe coaching and all that, but um, Madge and Michael Maguire always told me that I've got a lot of knowledge that I need, and I'm all for giving back. Yeah, that's that's awesome, Bully. And and is, is everything going well for you up there in Queensland, mate? You you, you know you've got that um, obviously that up a game where you where you're learning at the moment. Where, where do you see the things in the next years? I'm not too sure, Kempi. Um, so I, I got I got a little taste of you know, Maori All Stars. That was pretty cool. Uh, and they having Blairy, they know him, him and I are sort, sort of say kind of cope up. But I, I'm not, to be honest, I don't, I don't think I'll go far with, like, as a head coaching role. But I could potentially see myself in there somewhere being an assistant. <clears throat> and again, it's uh, for me, because um, I haven't been, I, I, I don't speak well. Like, I know what I need to say, but when it does come out, it's, yeah, it's like a different, it comes out different. So being able to, to project my voice and to be able to say the right thing for that right moment, um, it's something that, that I'm continuing to work on. And I get, I guess, um, doing my TAE as a teacher will hopefully help that. You know. Can you talk? Just tell us a bit, like what they're doing on the ground over there in terms of <coughs> recruitment pathways. Particularly, obviously, you're, you're tapping into that area. But is there a one reason why a league, particularly in Queensland, is so strong at the moment? Well, so uh, every, every school has a, they start at year seven, every high school starts at year seven. So you got uh, up here in Queensland, you have your, uh, I'm not too sure if you heard of the schools, but you have uh, Keeble Park, State High, you got um, Palm Beach, Corumban, you've got Mabel, you've got Ipswich High, uh, Wayville High, and I work at Marsden, so they're fairly distinguished schools within the rugby league um, no, era. Um, and they all start at year seven, so year sevens would be intermediate back then. Um, and they make it straight into the program. Uh, you have the trial for, so you come in at year six, 
the trial for to be any between um, 50 or 90 students go to each year level. Uh, so at our school, we got just uh, we got about 4,000 kids there, um, and about 70 percent of them are uh, with rugby league, soccer, um, volleyball, netball, basketball. Um, it's sort of a higher range of um, sports, but rugby, rugby league being the pinnacle like, sport over here, it's fairly high. So every Every year, so year seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven and twelve are together. But year seven, eight, nine, ten, then eleven and twelve, they all potentially have about you know, sixty to eighty excellent students. Yeah, I was just going to say, coming through the New Zealand structure, how far <clears> behind are we over here compared to what you're doing, well, dealing with at um, the moment? I came, I came through the rugby union stage back then. Um, I, I wasn't. Uh, I had to battle with the coach at the time because he wouldn't let me play if I, was, if I wanted to crack uh, first 15 he wouldn't let me play league so I ended up ah well whatever I'll, I'll leave so I ended up going to Wellington and Wainui Amara have an, an academy that was uh, run by Bill Shah um, and Peter Weeper and all of them went through it it wasn't big it was sort of a standard made up one class is gym one class is dairy and then obviously you're prep but um, I'm not too sure how it is now but uh, the um, uh, Auckland Rugby League brought over uh, two teams, uh, two under seventeen, uh, two under sixteen teams, girls and boys, and the girls they flogged most of the girls over here. They they they, they smashed everyone over here. But the boys were so far behind. Like, it was crazy. And they actually seen what it's like to live in an environment where it's all about rugby league. Um, mm. Not to say that that's the rugby league over home, but from a, from that perspective, how would like how would you know as you might. Have a dive into a, a bit more about the union, but rugby is massive there. Yeah? It's, it's like the mm. number one sport. Yeah, it's thriving at the moment, isn't it, Bully? It's um, it's going from strength to strength. You can see it within the NRL at the moment. Let's talk a bit about the NRL. Obviously, the Warriors, we're all excited over here. We've seen how they're performing. The uh, Rabbitohs game this weekend probably struggled as of late, mate. What have you made of this year's NRL competition? Yeah, I'm actually quite happy with how it's sort of uh, balanced stuff right out in there last year. Year before was you know, the Panthers and the Roosters and, and South. Now it's all of you know, everyone from you know, the bottom eight or the bottom eight or even just the top of the bottom eight are starting to challenge um, you know, the, the top teams and you know, how the Warriors are going. It's, it's also about me. Um, a lot of a lot of you know, from when they first started every session, every year after that, so they've got a piece of every every year you know, offloads and you know, they've got some. Um, great structure. You've got some boys actually hang up the old school kind of front row and um, at a small base. Uh, you've got your speed, speed demons around the ruck like Dylan, Dylan Walker, and then you've got your sharpness of the SA playing some unreal football and they're waiting for the, yeah. play for the Warriors. Um, and I'm enjoying watching them play. I enjoy them. Um, but the best thing about them is they've got a steal about them. You can see they've got a steal about them. Yeah, bully. And what what about the um the the South Sydney boys? You know they've gone through a few eras. There's talk uh, tomorrow that uh, the the centre might be out uh, as well. What 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 do you make of their year so far? They're just going through a little bit of a rough rough pitch. You still think they're there or thereabouts at the end of the year? Well, um, my my heart always feels potential because of the, yeah. the culture that they have, or even the resurgence of South Sydney came when I was coming through there. Um, so Maha will always be with them, and I guess no matter what, and I'm always going to back them. Um, them and the Wilds, you know, I'm sort of sitting on, sitting on the fence for this game. But right up until, like, we, we could tell the, you know, the, the missing person in that team is Luttrell. Um, mm. But in saying that, you know, every team's got to be able to cope with that one. 
with, with our superstars. So I think that's struggling in that era where he has a, a presence on the field, you know, like um, be, uh, every time he comes up, mate, everyone's worried about him. I don't give him the ball early, I'll kick it to kick it to his uh, to our right there left. So he has to come out left hand carry, tough to uh, palm against uh, across his body, all that kind of stuff comes into play. Whereas all they have to do is bomb, you know, break pass, and he's not that big of a of a big, but now he's actually that when the line gets down, he's struggling to get that. That he's struggling to catch it. Whereas Latrell's a bit bigger, you know, you have to really line him right up and put a shot on him, all that kind of stuff. And I think that yeah, it's put a little disruption in, into the camp, but that's not to say that you know, they're gonna make belly out. I'm not too sure how that'll work out, but uh, I'm sure they'll come through that so. What about the hooker role, bro? Like, you've um, you seen Damien Cook. He got chucked into the centres the other day. What do you make of that? Oh, particularly with the hooker. Poor fella, man. Getting thrown out of the centres. What's going on there? Actually, yeah. And uh, I was um, I was talking to one of the boys, and, like, we got a lot of New South Wales teachers at school, and I was just talking to them. What do you reckon? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I wouldn't have put cookie there, but, oh, well. <laughs> I thought Robson done a good job, but I think, a little rest, I don't know, a little stint on the sideline to recruit himself. I mean, again, you know, I think they had actually trained Cookie at centre mm. uh, throughout the week where they should have just, I don't know, they put uh, Burden on, on the bench and played the first back roles or like put Liam Martin, Martin out there or even had put him in centre. Start Liam Martin out there with Young and pushed him for 80 um, and put Burden on the, on, on the bench. But, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different uh, varieties that should have happened, but Mm. I'm a proud Queenslander. I'm a I'm a Queenslander. Really. <laughs> hey, just on just on that just on that, Bully. What, what's it like? You know, like here in New Zealand, when Queensland and New South Wales play the Origin, Origin comes around, comes out with the and a few yeah. But what's it like yeah, yeah. living on the on the on the coast, living up there in Queensland at Origin time for a Kiwi? Like, is it is it hungies for, for for Origin? <laughs> no, no, no. It's all like I think yeah, yeah, was there. The cheese platters and all that around that time, but um, <laughs> up, up here it's actually crazy, eh? Because at all schools, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying, our school right now, I'm just sure, I'm pretty sure it'll happen around our school, but they have a set of origin touch game between the teachers, yeah, at lunch. So we have like it's actually quite big, and like we've got Vince Mellers and his wife over here, uh, Shah, <laughs> and they're in the, they're in the, um, basketball, really. they run it at our school, and I hard to see Welshman. But there's some place for Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and and I, I, so I've become Queenslander because I remember back in the day uh, when we used to watch with that, um, we'd be up on um, New South Wales and Andrew Dorans, uh, Fitler, Madeira, uh, and all them freaks. And they used to fall Queensland. They used to hate it. They used to go to school. Come on, let's have a bull rush. All you New South Wales fellas, piss off over there. And, yeah, that's <laughs> and I used to take it like real hard. But I mean, being up there, um, nah, heart of Queensland. There's heaps of like you would you wouldn't think there's heaps, any New South Welshmen up there, but there's heaps. <laughs> there are heaps. I didn't dream of like, how are you living up there? You know, you support New South Wales. <laughs> they all come out of the woodworks, but it's like Jimmy. I don't know who I don't know who supports Brad. So one week it's Queensland, one week it's New South Wales. I can't understand me, old mate. <laughs> oh, they're brave. They're brave. they they change colours like that. Oh well, I'm. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Hey, before we let you go, Bully, and uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. Hawera, have you been back lately, mate? You've been back to your roots? Uh, 
So I, I went back. I, I t- um, my 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 old boy left us uh, right now. So yeah, I sorry to hear about that, bully. Yeah, sorry no, about yeah. that, brother. Yeah. Um, so um, that was the last time I was home. I, yeah, I haven't been home since. But I'll, um, they have that annual Maori tournament back home that I'm may oh i go home and take the shield back to him, but uh, and that's in November. Um, but yeah, that's the last time I was home, bro. Um, I've got I went and got Adam Reynolds' um, jersey that he, that he played in in Napier. Um, mm. he, he, uh, he he goes, oh, I understand that that the tribute they had in the Napier game was so was so one the, the famous affected by the cyclone, and it was added in there. It's like yeah, and he goes, oh, I got your jersey. So you got, oh, now I'm just going to try and start to suss out a, a Warriors one and I'll, I'll frame them both and you know, put them up in my, my man cave. <laughs> oh, mean, bro. That's an awesome touch from Adam Reynolds and he absolutely carved the Warriors up that day too, bro. So that, that jersey will mean so much to you and, and all your whanau and your family. I no doubt your dad will be extremely proud of you, bro. You would have put some smiles on his faces. No doubt he'll be watching down over you, Bully. And uh, we appreciate you coming on the show, man. You're an absolute champion and hopefully we get to catch up soon and take us out of Sydney again, eh? Yeah, we might have to tear it up with Hayward. <laughs> might see you down in Hayward. <laughs> 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 remember that night, bro? I think I wore um, blue contact yeah, lenses. I don't know if you remember. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that's what those All Blacks do, eh, Bully? Oh, that, that's right. We went out in Cronulla, eh? Yeah, we went out in Cronulla and got in trouble the next day, but that's right. We don't need to go there. Thanks, Bully. <laughs> oh, brother, thank you for this. Uh, great chat with uh, Bully Isaac Luke there. And uh, what's, what's this? Are you uh, some sort of international man of mystery? Is he blue contact lenses out in disguise? <laughs> what's going on? Oh, funny story. My wife, she had these blue contacts, so I took them and we went over to Sydney. And it was the days when you fly into South Africa, you have a night out in Sydney, you fly out early the next day. So I was with Jaden Haywood, he was my flatmate, and we were good mates. And he said, we'll go out with Isaac Luke. And I said, oh, Luke, he's carving up for the rabbit. I was like, yeah, let's go with the rock star. Anyway, we went out, and me and Jaden Haywood put some contact lenses in. So I put them in roll, man. I couldn't even see, though. I was going blind. And I was like, but they look cool at the time. Anyway, we, he picked this up. We went out in Cronulla and had a great night out with Bully Luke, rock star. And I was just starting my Super Rugby um, journey. And, yeah, went out and had a good night. And then next night, um, I think we got a bit of a clip around the ears. He went not meant to do that, but uh, <laughs> we did it and had a great night. And that was the first time, and, and probably the only time I actually met Isaac Luke, caught up with him. So it's good to reconnect again. Oh. But yeah, don't wear contact lenses and don't put them in yourself, and Ray, particularly ones that you don't buy from a specialist. <laughs> Razor Ray let us into that yesterday, is he, when he said biggest disappointment? <laughs> <laughs> Are you surprised? Are you surprised? Uh, uh, when, when you were saying it, you, when we were interviewing Bully, I was mad to turn my mic off. I was crying. I was thinking, I can't imagine him with blue eyes. <laughs> You'll be talking to me. If that was me, I'd just start laughing. Okay, what's going on with your eyes, mate? <laughs> well, the thing is, I couldn't see, like, t- two metres in front of me. So I was walking around this club, bumping into everyone, going, but I thought I looked cool. So I was like, ooh, yeah, walking around. I was like, oh, there you are, boff, sorry. <laughs> going, into the, going to the toilet. and Oh, my. It was uh, a good night. Good but, to reflect. But, mate, he's doing some cool stuff over there, eh? Good to see people stepping outside of their, their chosen sport and tapping into... Um, 
you know, the IT that he IP that he has is so much for these young kids. It's yeah. awesome to see. It was interesting what he said about pathways too, Kempe, you know, in Queensland, particularly with the schools and the way they're handling that. Um, because we're seeing a little bit of that here, aren't we? Did, did I read somewhere that uh, Auckland Rugby League's got a pathway set up with Manly? Manly, that's exactly right. And that's just come out. There was... Uh, Oh, it's a, look, it's a shot ag- across the warrior's bow. One of the one of the biggest problems that we have in this country <laughs> is that none of the organisations get on. The big organisations, which Auckland Rugby League, New Zealand Rugby League, and of course the Warriors. If we had them all in the same bed, and probably the Warriors being the professional game running the three, um, you know, as as sort of pilot pilot officers, then it'd probably work. But they've gone out on all accounts and created this alternative pathway into the NRL for, and apparently it's not going to just stop with Manly, so there's going to be other NRL clubs. Mm. So it's, that's real um, big news when you're thinking about the Warriors who, sitting in Auckland, have all these development pathways for all these kids to come into the Warriors um, setup. So we'll have to watch this one. So who's the Warriors feeder club? Well, the what? Yeah, then this is the big problem. Is he, you know, and, and one of the reasons why there should be another NRL franchise in New Zealand is that New Zealand and Andrew Abdo had said this the, to, the time that he came over when the Warriors came back and said that New Zealand's one of the they know how big a recruitment ground it is for the NRL. So those clubs are already here in New, New Zealand, but when you've got an organisation like that, like the ARL, they basically hold over fifty percent of the talent base in Auckland, yeah, across the country. So. Um, when you when you have that organisation saying, well, actually, we're going to partner up with a couple of other NRL clubs, then that looks pretty o- ominous for the likes of the Warriors who are being challenged for that talent on their back doorstep. Is that, is that the ARL saying that they're not getting what they need or what they want from the Warriors, so they're looking elsewhere? Maybe are they, are they financially gaining from this? Well, they don't need to financially gain much because they, they're worth so much money. You know, they're, they're worth, like... Millions, the because of the Carlo Park sale and of course the the perpetuity um, fund that they continue to get from the universities and the accommodation blocks that are there. So um, they they don't do it for money; they're doing it for p- pathways. If you're reading between the lines, what you're saying is there's a breakdown in communications between the Warriors and the ARL, and then the ARL have just moved straight through it and gone. Well, we we need to. Uh, create pathways into the NRL for our people. We're going to if we, we're not going to do it with you. We'll do it with the other NRL clubs. And Manly have obviously picked it up. I mean, you got to remember too, like Manly and Brisbane are probably the two biggest supported other teams in this country. Yeah. Um, you know, Manly have always bought games that they've always had Kiwis playing for them, uh, and Brisbane have always been like the, uh, that Queensland side. So I wouldn't be surprised if Brisbane's the other team. And, okay. and even Melbourne, I think Melbourne would look at this too and go, mate, if we can get into the Auckland market with the organisation. Um, we'll try and do that. So, you know, it's really interesting what Bully was saying. When you're talking pathways, so year seven through to year 13, they have academies directly over there for rugby league. That's why we're losing 500-odd kids a year. So parents not only because are heading over there for work and opportunities, but they know that they can put these kids into into, into school at, at um, intermediate level and roll them through if they're good enough, then they're in the top 60 players in that school to play for NRL contracts. So they'll go to Australian schools which is a massive tournament. And then if you make the Australian school boys, you're basically guaranteed an NRL contract. Mm, okay, interesting, interesting. That's the way it's going. It makes sense for the Storm, particularly being in Victoria, not having their own uh, feeder system. So, yeah, it totally makes sense there. It is 7.25 here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, your real house of fragrance.
27 away from 8 o'clock, but a tears for fears. Kind uh, of bring us into our sports news headlines. Thanks to Ken Artire. Too easy weekend and uh, plenty going on, boys, particularly at Lords. Australia have suffered a potentially major injury blow. Mm. Nathan Lyon limped off the field with a right calf injury during that final session of the second day at Lords. He was chasing a ball to the boundary, pulled up, was in immediate pain and hobbled to the edge of the field where the physio began to assess him. Uh, Cricket Australia have said he's going to be assessed overnight. Bit of a cruel twist. Playing in his Ooh. 100th consecutive test. And, and that's when he gets injured. Loss. Yeah, massive. If they lose Especially him for... That evens things up, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. does. Massively, you, yep. you'd have to say. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do because... We've seen Steve Smith bowl a bit, Travis Head, Manus Labuschagne apparently uh, can bowl a bit of spin as well. But they'll have to get through this test by the looks without Nathan Lyon. Be interesting to see what they do because they do have a 22-year-old off spinner called Todd Murphy in the squad. He made his debut in India earlier this year and took seven wickets in Nagpur, uh, which obviously spin friendly. But uh, yeah, so it might be a new name to look out for. Uh, Caroline Wozniacki is going to make her comeback to tennis after the former world number one said on Thursday she was ready to return to the tour, having retired from the sport in 2020 to start a family. Wozniacki's been given a wildcard entry for the US Open later this year. A 32-year-old spent 71 weeks at the top of the world rankings and finished with 30 singles titles, including a Grand Slam crown at the Australian Open in 2018. None of us are qualified to say um, how hard it is to come back uh, from giving birth and having having a couple of kids. But, uh, I mean, just taking time out of the sport and then coming back to it at a professional level is tough enough, let alone having your body go through that. Yeah, three years coming, coming back after having... A child, no doubt she'd be fit enough, but um, gee, the game's probably moved a little bit quicker over the last three years, don't you think? It'd be interesting. I've got a lot of appreciation for women and what they put their bodies through and to allow them to come back. Like, just spot, shining the spotlight on their, what goes on in their bodies, particularly with female athletes. Like, I was watching a piece on, on TV and they're talking about athletes when they're going through menstrual cycles and things like that but they can't control the timing of that and they've got to go do these meetings oh there's so much going on so you really appreciate what the females are able to do with so much changes in their bodies i'll tell you what blokes we get a little bit of a man flu and we're bloody pulling up short so <laughs> there you go caroline was the accu well it does, done it does remind Come me I, I i interviewed um Stephanie Te Ohiri Fox, you know, played prop for mm, Canterbury. Yep. Um, I interviewed her a little while ago, and, uh, you know, the news was that, you know, that, um, that she was a mum for the second time. And I was like, oh, so you've come back from, you know, having one kid. How's the comeback for the second one? She goes, oh, this one was easy. My partner had it. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I should have probably done some more homework on that. <laughs> uh, but, oh. Oh, she was good. She was good fun. She was good fun. She was a great yarn, actually. Um, now, this one uh, is, is, is a bit more serious. Uh, in, fo- in Italy, football players have been banned from wearing the number 88 on their jerseys. And this is part of an initiative to combat anti-Semitism because 88 is in the numerical code for Hail Hitler, because it's HH, H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. So they have banned that because in March there was a fan from Lazio, which was Mussolini's team when he was the, you know, uh, the old dictator from Italy, uh, with Hitler's son 88 on the back of his shirt. He's been banned for life from going to any games in Serie A. And so he should. Yeah, and so uh, Mm. the Italian Football Federation have been working with the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance and they have now banned 88 from the back of players' jerseys. And this last story, the NFL 
has come down hard on four players who have been found guilty of betting offences. Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry of the Indianapolis Colts and free agent, agent Demetrius Taylor have been suspended indefinitely through to at least the end of this season for betting on NFL games last season. In addition, Tennessee Titans offensive tackle Nicholas Petit-Freer is being suspended for six games for betting on other sports while at the workplace. The Colts subsequently, uh, subsequently announced that both Rogers and Berry have been waived from their contracts as a mm. consequence of the suspension. Serious, yeah. And that's always the problem with professional sport. I remember when gambling and sport first come in, and the and the conversation was around where does where does sport go um, as far as gambling goes? And of course, then over the years, we've seen many of these uh, these suspensions come out in all all codes and all sorts. And remember the one here with the cricket, like the the mm. guys that were sitting up in the in the stadium, and and they were like, there's like a two second delay to India. Yeah, and they they were betting on the I think what it was Ricardo was the bowl. Now, was it a is it was it a swing bowl? Was it a you know leg side offside um, type bowl? And they're betting on every ball, you know, and so and now I, I think that um, this issue with players or athletes in sport is only going to get bigger. Well, it's an interesting one because I, I I read a piece in the Guardian about this because Ivan Tony, the Brentford and England striker, has been banned uh, for about I think six months um, because he bet on a bunch of games. Um, and the basically what they're saying is like, look, you know, this is this is finally get why it's happening, right? Um, mm. He didn't bet on his team to lose or anything like that, so he wasn't betting on anything he was directly involved with, because he wasn't playing in any of these games. But they said, how do you expect players not to be tempted to bet when clubs are earning fifteen, twenty million a season for having betting sponsors on the front of their shirts and betting ads mm. in all the Premier League games, you know, going in and out of games, you know, there's a bit of hypocrisy here from the EPL and the EFA. They're taking all the money from the betting sponsors, but then they're telling their players it's a bad thing to bet on sport. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just education, isn't it? Like yeah. I learned the hard way and, and understand you just cannot go anywhere near sport and, and betting. Not you can know. You, you you feel like you're not having any input. You don't really have you're not trying to do anything bad by it, but um, it happens. If you're playing sport or you're involved in sport, betting is a big no-no. But yeah, hypocrisy at its best there, uh, Ricardo, when they're saying you can't bet and they've got bet 365 on the front of their jerseys. Doesn't help. <laughs> no, it does not at all. <laughs> uh, those are your sports news headlines. Ken Atai, two easy weekend, two days higher for the price of one. Visit a branch today. T's and C's apply, uh, apply, I should say. Also, the Choices Flooring Poll. You can design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view. We are hitting the big topics today, lads. Choice of flooring poll. It's Friday, which we all know is Pi Day. So what is your go-to mm. filling? Uh, these are your options <laughs> on the uh, Choice of flooring poll. Uh, steak and cheese, chicken, steak and mushroom or fish. Those are, those are the four that we've that we've put in there. Oh. So you go to uh, the SEN app and uh, hit Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast and you can vote on the poll. It is in there. We'll bring you the results of that poll at 8.30. When we come back on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, Angus Hamilton joins us. We're going to preview Wimbledon. Well, on a Friday, of course, let us know where you were listening and how you were listening to us. Uh, we've got uh, the one and only Grant Elliott, uh, the hairy javelin, as, as he's uh, lovingly called uh, on this station. Uh, the only bets you should be making is on the Saturday session segment, bets you should run a mile from. Uh, with McCarty and Elliot, uh, bet responsibly, love the show, lads. Thank you very much from the, uh, for the hairy jav. Uh, actually, a bloke who uh, will hopefully uh, steer us into something you shouldn't run a mile from is coming to us now. Out of Costa Rica, that is Angus Hamilton. He joins us to talk Wimbledon. Morning, Angus, how you doing? 
I'm doing very well, mate. Looking forward to Wimbledon. Definitely my favourite event of the year, probably in any sport. Yeah, is it? What What is it about Wimbledon that makes it for me? Because I, I think about the slams. I think about the Aussie Open. I think about the US Open. I think about the French Open. But for me, it's like Wimbledon is the slam of the slams. What do you think makes it that? It's mm. a good question. I, I think that, I mean, you look at the other slams. The, the French Open can end up with really long matches. Uh, the play's slightly repetitive. Uh, I mean, we've we probably moved well away from the macro era where he tried to serve and volley his way to the championship. And so it, it is a grind between baseliners. And I think the great thing about Wimbledon, I mean, it's not the fast surface that we saw in the 40 years ago, but it's it's still fast enough so that you can get a good matchup between a, a good serve volley and a baseliner. And I think over the years, there have been some incredible matches there, which are hard to match on hard courts and, and clay. Angus, we're just going through qualifiers at the moment. Who has been shown form at Queen's and other grass court tournaments? Has anyone been surprising in the qualifiers? Yeah, look, I mean, what's been amazing this year is the people I thought might have had a good chance at Wimbledon have played pretty badly in the, in the warm-up tournaments. Um, uh, Yannick Sinner's one, who, who took Djokovic to five sets last year, won the first two sets and lost him five. Uh, Taylor Fritz is another one who should have beaten Nadal in the quarters last year and really choked big time uh, to allow Nadal mm. to get out in five sets. And both of them have been playing poorly. And the surprise to me, really, and it's not an original pick, it's been Carlos Alcaraz. I mean, he, he won Queen's Club in a canter. Uh, he, he did play well at Wimbledon last year. He lost a, a close four set at Sinner. And, and I really didn't think he'd win more than one or two matches last year. And so he proved me wrong then. And I just felt it was surprising in Paris that a guy of his age could end up getting cramped. Uh, having had a pretty easy run through to the semi-finals, but I don't think that will really happen to him on grass. And uh, obviously, he's going to be uh, on, in the other half of the draw to Djokovic. And I think around the sort of 450 mark, which he can get in places, I don't think he's a bad price. Um, but I'm just disappointed that the sort of second and third tiers of players haven't been playing very well. Kyrgios is injured, Berrettini's injured, Medvedev's been disappointing in the warm-ups. Uh, Runa's played pretty well. He, he's a possibility if he got a good draw. Mm. Uh, and but really, and I think Herkaz, who people might remember, beat Federer in his last match at Wimbledon, having beaten Medvedev, and then lost a semi-final to um, uh, uh, Berrettini. He's a possibility, a big price. But I, I don't really. Uh, I'm disappointed in the players I would have tipped. So I can't really tip them now. Hey Angus, where do you stand on this? Um this painting, this legends painting through the walkway, uh, and Andy Murray being left off that. You'd think if you'd, you'd think Andy Murray would have been one of the first people put on that, when you? As opposed to Alcaraz. Yeah, look, it, it is a slight. I only looked at it a couple of hours ago. It is slightly surprising. I, I, I mean, mm. it's uh, it is odd, to put it mildly, because Nadal only won two Wimbledon. Uh, and so Murray's in, Murray's in the same bracket as Nadal as a Wimbledon player, maybe not as a, a Grand Slam champion. Uh, and given given it, how many years it was between him and Fred Perry winning it, you are right. I don't think it's the world's greatest painting, I must say, either. Uh, but but uh, it is surprising. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, he's got a right to be slightly peeved, but he's trying to take the, uh, the lack of women on it as his argument rather than the lack of him. Uh, does this settle the argument once and for all, Angus, uh, that Andy Murray is Scottish and not British? Uh, well, look, I, I've never claimed to be English. I think when he first came along, he was accused of being English. Uh, and a lot of people would say that. And of course, in the US, 
they tend to word the, use the word English to describe anyone uh, from uh, from the United Kingdom, uh, and so that that confuses the issue. But no, look, he's certainly Scottish. He, he's not only, but he is British as well. And I, I think you could argue he's Britain's finest ever sportsman. I, I just um, thought it, uh, it used to be Scottish. that if he lost, he was Scottish, and if he won, he was British. That was how the UK media used to treat him. Well, I think there's an element of truth to that. The, the UK media goes so heavily on a on somebody who loses, uh, and and yet we like a good loser in the UK. So it's quite a complicated situation. But uh, yeah, look, I think he's the finest sportsman uh, the Isles, and or, or you probably Ireland Irish would like to hear it, but it's one of the British Isles have ever produced. <laughs> really, the fact that he can hold his end of the, uh, at the top against these all-time greats. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a staggering performance, really. I I'm slightly of the opinion, I saw this happen to Hewitt and Edberg, that you should really try and retire near the top. But I suppose Andy Murray is proving that you can still fight back from a career-ending injury, have some surgery and still play at a reasonable level. I think his problem is he can't really do it for two weeks over five sets. Speaking of fightbacks, Caroline Wozniacki has announced her comeback to the sport at 29. She has a wild card into the US Open after taking a break to start the family. Can she, Formula number 1, get back to the top? Well, 29 is very young, uh, and of course, mm. I, I think she can. Um, she was a very defensive player. I don't know how much of you saw, but she was remarkably defensive. And I think if she could come back and be a bit more aggressive, uh, she, she could certainly try and win another one. Kleister's managed. Kleister's won the U.S. Open her first, first tournament back uh, after becoming a mother. Uh, and Wozniacki, as we know, managed to win the Australian Open. But he, she was just so defensive. I did, I did see her on faster services getting absolutely destroyed because that can't really work. You've got to have some aggression to your play. But despite that, she was a brilliant athlete. I think her father was a, a, a you know, top-class footballer. And uh, it showed. So Wozniacki was a, a, a supreme athlete. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, there's no reason why she could get near the top. I mean, let's be honest, the women's game at the moment is quite open. Uh, I mean, mm. Swiatek hasn't really proven herself on grass yet. I mean, it'd be interesting to see because she lost quite disappointingly last year. There's an injury doubt about Ribikina, and I just feel that there isn't this sort of depth. There's a, a slightly erratic form, again, with the second-tier players. So there's still an opening of, of someone who's only 29 to come back and, and prove herself. Angus, before we let you go, mate, um, tip us out. Who, who have you got? Where's the value, men's and, and women's draw? Well, look, in, you know, it's funny in France, I did say Kachanov, who in the end was the guy who gave Djokovic the closest, closest battle. He was a bit unlucky, he ended up in the same quarter as him. Um, I, I mean, this is, this is tough. I mean, I, I do feel Alcaraz isn't value, but I do think he's going to take quite a lot of beating in this. If we're looking for an outsider, I mean, really could go right the way down the betting and you could find someone like even Tommy Poole, who's playing well in Eastbourne this week, he showed he's a good player in Australia, and I think the surface does suit him. Uh, but Hercaz, as I mentioned earlier, I would have thought he's my value pick. Forty-six dollars, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was hoping you get a better price than that, but he, he he's still someone who could do well. Women's more open. I mean, I was thinking Pecula could play well, but then again, she's been disappointing in the warm warm-ups. Mm. Um, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for Corey Golf to to come through. Uh, as, in, as we can remember, this is where she made her big splash, got through, lost to Halop, uh, but beat, beat Venus Williams at Wimbledon. And really, uh, there's no one around there at the moment. I mean, much of her would have been my pick, but I'm a bit disappointed not to see her play since the French. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
Good morning, Izzy Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ Friday, Friday is pie day, morena boys, pork and puha pie from Oslo's bakery in Wairoa, from Marshi from the Hawks Bay, yes Oslo's, I love that little shop, what about the Mahia Dairy, when you're heading through get some chicken and chips, courtesy of Charlie's, the biggest chicken and chip shop in New Zealand apparently is uh, Mahia Ave Dairy. Stopped in there plenty of times, I should know that. Love a little chicken and chips on the way through to the Lake Waikare Moana. Such a good spot to stop in. Ashes, it is live here on SCNZ every night. Day three resumes tonight at 9pm. England, 278 for four at Stumps. 138 behind Australia's first innings of 416. Tune in from nine tonight for commentary of day three from Lords with Adam Collins, Jeremy Coney, Daniel Norcross and Baharat Sandrasan. And the team, there you go, catch it all tonight live here on SCNZ. It's now time to catch up with the new kid on the block. It's been a big old couple of weeks, a Super Rugby title, an All Blacks announcement, and now he's there in camp, Dallas McLeod. Good morning. Morning, guys. How you going? Good, brother. Good. Appreciate your your time this morning. Look, quickly, take me back to Tuesday. You got on the kite, probably a little bit slow, a little bit dusty, a little bit weary, but nervous, no doubt. And you made your way to Auckland, and you walked in through those doors to All Blacks camp. Talk me through that moment, mate, when you walked through that room, and you got a suitcase, and you got to fill it up with all those free gears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's been pretty cool. Yeah, I was a bit nervous, not going to lie, coming in. Um, just not really sure what to expect. So, um, But, no, nah, it's been awesome, obviously. Yeah, a lot of lot of faces, a lot of names to learn. Um, boys are really getting around, all the new guys, which is cool. And um, Yeah, it's been a full-on couple of days, but it's been um, awesome. One of those faces would have been Anton Leonard Brown, mate. Did you go up and give him a little wee earful or what? <laughs> <laughs> nah, doesn't that nah, he... Um, He'd already sent me a message uh, before coming in, which was good. Um, so, yeah, no, he hasn't, I haven't given him an airfall, but um, just doing a bit of, bit of tackling practice with him. Hey, hey Dallas, <laughs> I, I remember talking to Ridgie when, when Matthew Ridge made the All Blacks, and he reckoned he, he heard about the, uh, the hierarchy on the bus, mate, so it'd be good to talk to a, a bloke who's just made it onto that bus for the first time. He tried to take the back seat. Apparently back in those days he got a hoor of a hiding from Orlo Brown um, yeah. and co. What's it like, mate? Tell me the hierarchy on that bus. Is it still the same? Yeah, it's still the same. Um, as a newbie, you've definitely got to, you've got to kind of run from meetings to get there early because you want to make sure you get one of those front seats here and really standing or sitting right up the front pretty much on the driver's lap so um, yeah making sure you get there real early is key <laughs> you look big enough though mate you look like you could take that back seat you can have a crap nah, I'm definitely not trying that yet <laughs> how how hard is Antonio Brown's head by the way <laughs> yeah he's got a pretty hard head honestly but he came out all good and my nose was a bit small Oh mate, that's that's uh, you, you, you've you've come out of it all right. Are you feeling okay? And you're looking forward to this uh, this this flight to Argy, mate. You, you, have you been there before? Uh, yeah, you come out of it all good. Um, head sweet ass, getting through training things that I need to, which is good. So um, uh, yeah, I have been to Argy once. Went there for my under twenties year. Was in Argy, so um, been there before. Um, 
but yeah, looking forward to getting on the bird and getting over there again. Mate, there's no rest. You're obviously straight back into it after a big Saturday night and a couple of days at home reflecting, but uh, you, you've hit the ground and, and training's been a big part of it, mate. But what's the week been like? What have you been focusing on as, as a group? Yeah, I think um, it's just been, yeah, it's been awesome to be in here, um, to get into it. Um, but yeah, we've just been kind of covering off all the basics, attack and defence stuff, and um, yeah, been quite a big learning learning week kind of, getting everyone used to things and um, up with all the lingo and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's been a lot of information to take in, but um, yeah, it's been good and have good conversations with um, you know the guys who've been here before, which definitely helps as well. Hey, day one would have been a huge day, no doubt. You would have been uh, meetings, a lot of uh, you know getting into to the groove of things. Talk us through that day one when you had to to go in and and kind of learning the kind of identity, the history of the All Blacks, the Haka. You know, what would have been a big day one for yourself? Yeah, it was a big day one. Um, you yeah, obviously uh, pretty nervous coming in, and um, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but yeah, a lot of meetings, um, didn't really get a chance to have a moment, but um, no, nah, it was awesome. And, you know, you get into get into the um, the outfitting, which is uh, it's pretty special. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of kit, which is nice. Um, but yeah, then, yeah, it's just awesome, like, being in around, around everyone. I don't even think it's sunk in properly yet. Like, it still feels, um, sitting in meetings and things, I'm still a bit like... You know, am I really sitting here? Which is pretty cool. Mate, the closest thing to putting on that jersey is obviously putting on that training kit. What was that moment like for you when you got to pull that that training jersey on the silver fern on your chest, seeing that All Blacks logo? Yeah, no, it was really cool. Um, yeah, obviously, all, all you want to do when you're younger and you know you're always watching the team. Um, so yeah, to put that on. Um, even just in training and training with all these lads is pretty special. Hey, Dallas, how many blokes, especially your mates, have tagged you about their gear? Because everyone knows when you go in there with your suitcase, it gets full and the boxes of gear that goes in your room. How many, how many of your mates have put their hands up and said, I've got dibs on that? <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of people um, telling me what size foot they are. And <laughs> they kind of doing it hard. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely had a few of those messages, but that's uh, no, pretty funny. So long as you're, so long as you're looking after whoever it is you've got looking after your Wikipedia page now, eh, mate? Make sure that they edit that properly for you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That is it. <laughs> uh, Dallas, the, uh, the 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 you talked about getting measured up, like for the suits and everything like that. Did you put the flex on when they were doing that to make room for all that Argentinian steak you're going to consume over the next week? <laughs> yeah, tried to a little bit. Um, yeah, I think. Um, with all the kind of everything we've got here, like all the food and stuff, it's um, yeah, hopefully put a bit of size on and hopefully not eat too much and put a bit of fat on. <laughs> nah, we should be alright. Hey, Dal, I was watching um, Sky Sport yesterday and the quadrangular tournament was taking place. Obviously, Christ just going down against Nelson College. It's been a difficult time, but 21 All Blacks out of Christ College. You were the latest All Black, mate. What, are, what was your time in the Christ College jersey like and, and what does it mean for you to be able to represent a school with so much history and, and, and you know a lot of heritage going back? Uh, yeah, it's awesome. I'm obviously proud to have gone there and... Um... Yeah, love my time there. It was awesome for me to come up to Christchurch and kind of really kickstart the rugby career and um, 
yeah, I love the footy there, I love the school. Almost wish I was there for longer, and um, nah, it's pretty special. My roomie this week's actually Damien McKenzie, so um, a couple <laughs> of college lads, which is pretty cool, so... Yeah, that's that. That's awesome, mate. Spending some time with your, your, your mates. Um, I just we we talked a while ago, Dallas, when you when you got um, named in the side, and you talked and listened to Fozzie about what he had in um, in store for you. Have you been running in the midfield at all? Um, have they have they given you a shot in there just to get sort of your your what do you, what do you call that? Like you're you're getting used to it uh, if you do get called into that spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this week has just been a lot of learning stuff. So, um, you know, quite a few rotations in and out. And, um, yeah, that's been into the midfield, which has been nice to get back in there. I guess, yeah, preferred, preferred spot. So it's good to be get back in there and, um, yeah, get the hang of things again. And is it, is, it, is it really, you know, when you obviously when you go up to that level, have you noticed that um, at all, Dallas, that the, the step up has been like a step up for what, from what you're used to? Uh, yeah, I definitely think it is. Um, Obviously, the expectations are probably higher, and um, yeah, a lot of information coming in. So I think, uh, yeah, definitely is a step up. But but again, you know, you got all the people around you that if you need help, um, are there to help. So that's always good. Well, Dale, they say making the squad is a huge achievement, but gaining selection is probably the next best thing. And uh, what does Dallas McLeod need to do to ensure he gets a crack and an opportunity to play in that All Blacks test? Yeah, I think um, I think don't do anything different than what I've been doing. Just keep keep trying, uh, get better each week, and keep you know putting my hand up and um, giving everything a crack. Um, yeah, and obviously just keep trying to learn everything everything that I can. So uh, that'll be the focus um, over the next few weeks, and yeah, hopefully see what we can do. Um, I've actually just got a meeting, so I might have to shoot off. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Just just before you go, Dell, uh, we, we're asking the big questions today. Uh, it is Pie Day Friday. What's your go-to pie? Uh, just the steak and cheese for me. Steak and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Old school. Old school. Good stuff, brother. Old school. Thanks very much for Friday, joining us, man. You, Shot, Dell. Good don't luck at the meeting. Thanks very much. Thank you. Get a seat at the back. Get a seat at the back. You don't want to be late to the meeting. Seriously, you do not want to be Mate, late to the meeting. I'll tell him what. I'll tell you what. There ain't no meeting before half past eight. He's 15 minutes early, that kid. He's excited. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't going to be late to any meeting, mate. Don't worry. Um, Dallas McLeod. Jeez, it's really interesting. I was just having visions of him running around in that uh, in that 12 jersey, that 13 jersey. He has mm. got some size about him and, and plenty more uh, size to, to to put on, but you you think is he that he's a dead set future um, twelve or thirteen for us? Yeah, he's solid man. Like he he brings something different, uh, different. Like his running lines. You watch him when he played twelve, particularly against the Blues at Eden Park when he dominated uh, that midfield there. He was just so good on his feet, and he and he's he's a tall man, but he's not quite. You know, he hasn't got a lot of width about him, but he's tall and he's agile and and versatile. So mate, he's awesome. And I love just hearing that. When you get in there, it's such a cool moment for these yeah. these boys when they get in there. And the the next best thing is pulling on that training kit, brand new training kit, pulling it over your shoulders, over your head, and just sitting there. He would have reflected so much in that first training day and just putting that kit on and staring in that mirror going, man, I'm here. Can't believe it. It's it's such a cool feeling. It's done. Where, where do you think, Izzy, that um, Fozzie and that will, will play him? 
his first run in an all-black jersey, maybe it's off the bench in Argentina, we don't know. Where do you think he'll get his first run? Will they put him straight in the midfield, or do you think they'll chuck him on the um, wing for a little bit? Because he's versatile and he's, he's played a lot at wing and midfield, he's a great bench cover op- option. You know, particularly with Anton out for the next couple of weeks. I'm predicting he could be covering the both wing and centre, but I'd say he'd probably be a bit more of a centre opportunity. They've got Geordie Barrett in there, and they've got Rico Iwani. So, and Anton Leonard-Brown's been cited, so he's not going to be available. David Harvilli's out. So there's probably realistic opportunity for him to play in the midfield. I'd say Fozzie would see him as a midfielder, and particularly play him there. Yeah, I think I think Razor too. You know, like the way that he's utilised them this year down there with the Saders has been really, really smart. Um, mm. And the kid, the kid has sort of yeah, he's one of those ones that has stepped all the way through. Even though people are saying he may may be a bit a little bit too early, but you got to you got to test him. You know, you got to test him. You know, to to answer your question, Rick, I I, I reckon Fozzie tests him in that first game. Yeah. Yeah, so probably probably will start him on the bench and probably will give him a run so you can see whether or not he can make that next step up. Yeah, and, and get in there in the midfield. Call him Sellies. Call him Sellies. Sellies? Sellies, no gaps. He's a gap filler. <laughs> but is, it, so, is he, the, is he the, um, the next Conrad Smith? Because that's what we've been really missing, in it? Like someone who's just solid, you know, when the 13's named, that's that man. He's got, this. I, I think, the similar shape to Conrad Smith. Can he... Can he uh, I guess progress into that type of player. He can one hundred percent, but he's he's Dallas McLeod, and I think what Dallas McLeod offers is is versatility, but a, an awesome skill set that is that is different to others. You know, he's good in the air. He can chase a high ball and regain that high ball. So he's good under the to the high ball. He's defensively very sound. He's got a work rate that is unmatched, and he can kick. Mm. When you got a winger that can kick. That's another, um, you know, another weapon that they could use, particularly on exits. So, mate, Dallas McLeod, I'm predicting he's going to get a ton of opportunities. Rick Dog Kempi, I think um, the versatility factor offers a lot for this this All Blacks outfit, and particularly on that bench role, number twenty three, when you can cover wing and, and centres. He's got probably a bit more physicality about him too than Conrad Smith, doesn't he? I mean, how how big was Conrad Smith? I, I it's hard to tell on TV because he just he didn't look that big, but then he's surrounded by big men. Not, but not big at all. He yeah. was small but uh, ripped brick shit house and just a work rate. And tackled all day. You just knew no one was going to get past Conrad Smith. And it's that desire and heart that you want from your centres to work back when the counter-attack's on to provide another opportunity. But when they're defensively sound or defensively, um, you know, the attacking team's very sound on attack, and you know that you've got someone in there that can just tackle all day, man, it makes a huge difference. You just know they're going to do their job, so you only have to focus on their job. So, you know, Jack Goodhue was the mould of, of Conrad Smith. Now, he's shooting off, offshore. It's just been announced. He's heading over to France next year, so he's he's a lost cause. But Dallas McHale can, can fill that role for sure. Yeah, comes in there. Uh, what about, you, you mentioned all your training kit, mate, and, you, you know, the questions in that interview about how many friends were putting their hands up given your shoe size and can I grab one of these. Uh, when you went into your first All Blacks camp, mate, how much of, how much of that gear uh, went home with you to Canterbury and how much of it went back to the Hawks Bay? Oh, a lot went back to the Hawks Bay. You see my dad, he's constantly wearing IDs or, or anything, all my family, but I've got a lot of kits still here. You know, I think the thing you, you always remember, it's going to stop one day, so you want to have some leftover for your kids and family members. I've got bloody uh, suitcases full in the garages. But the one thing I did, and Dallas probably wouldn't be the same, is I constantly was wearing CJ or TJP. 
on my training <laughs> kit. So I'd steal TJ Pedernata's kit or I'd steal uh, Corey Jane's kit. So I was, if you go look at photos uh, on Giddy Images, you'll see me training in other people's kits. So, so <laughs> you keep all yours in guy. the packaging still in the suitcase? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just... I don't know how it ended up in my in my pile, but I'd just end up with CJ and TJP or maybe a JS Julian Savia kit. So I've got plenty of that in my at my house. Outstanding. Nice. Outstanding. Patty has texted through. Damo and Dallas sharing a room. The golden syrup bill is gonna be through the roof. <laughs> Patty, come on, mate. But how good's that, eh? Twenty one all blacks, two of uh, you know, Damien McKenzie and Joe Moody. Obviously, a couple of the latest, and now Dallas McLeod carrying that on. So, awesome achievement. 21 from, from Christ College. Yeah, that's massive. Massive. Uh, double eight, double three is our text number, of course, as Paddy just texted through. Also, 0800 150 811, and John has called through from Auckland as well. Morning, John. How are you? Yeah, morning. Morning, gentlemen. Hey, um, just a question for you. It's quite concerning last night seeing the under-20s go down. I mean, they, they weren't in the game at all. And it's concerning for the future of New Zealand rugby mm. a little bit because I'm looking at the under-20s team and I, I I just think, man, they probably won't even make the top four. No, we're just speaking about yep. that, John. Um, with Ricardo, they, I think it's the four pools and the best uh, team that finished second to make those quarters, in it? And so we have three pools, so it's the three yeah, pool winners pool, so. and then the best second place team goes through too. Well, it's looking like that Georgia might go through in the top four. Did you see them beat Argentina? Yeah, they've got, beat the Argies 20-0, mate. Yeah, and um, I think we struggled to beat Wales, who didn't win a game in the Six Nations. So it says a lot about our programme, but then you've got to remember we, we hadn't played any international teams besides Australia and Fiji since 2019, I think. Yeah, well, mate, it's I mean, been a while. I don't know if you saw them, but the, you know, not only did we lose to France, but the uh, South Africans lost to Italy this morning, and the Aussies lost by 20 to Ireland, so mm. it's it's a northern d- dominance at the John, moment. John, I was, I was concerned. I was concerned leading into this tournament. Like, our Ford pack was dominated by Australia in Wellington, mm. and I just knew we were going to be, it was going to be a tough ask over there. I think the backs, we've got some talent, but in the forwards, we've just got no size, and... <laughs> And we're lacking in the set-piece set department. So, yeah, it is concerning. It is concerning, John. I, I feel you. So with that in mind, do you think we should create a super rugby under-20 competition that includes all the teams? Because at the moment, they just play one week in the year. That's it. There is that tournament in Topol that they play every yeah. year, the Crusaders, Blues, Hurricanes. Um, but is that enough? Uh, un- unsure. Mm. Like we've been very, very lucky in the past. Our t- under twenties has won plenty of tournaments, and that's put us in good stead for the future. But right now, I, th- I feel like we're going to go through a difficult time, particularly in the Ford pack. I just, yeah, from what I've seen, you know, when Wales are getting rolling more tries against us, easy. It's just a, a tough ask. So yeah, look, I think there's something to ponder over for sure for NZR. Mm. Good stuff, John. Thanks very much for your call, brother. Uh, 0800-150-811 is the number, double eight double three. Uh, you can keep those calls coming through, and uh, we'll get some more texts away. We're going to catch up with Pip from the TAB shortly. Also keep your, your tips coming through, because we do have uh, uh, a few coming through now, and I'm going to hit you with one next and get your reaction, Kempi. It is 8.23 here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, your real house of fragrance. Hurry into Chemist Warehouse and find Neutralife Magnesium Complete Forte 120 capsules for only $19.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. 
It's 8.28.8833 is the text line here, and lots of texts coming through about uh, you go to pie on Pie Day Friday. Can't go past the Hungy Pie at College Rifles Club here in Auckland. That's from Scott in Titarangi, and uh, this one, no name on it, but uh, I live in Tauranga now. But when I'm home, a muscle pie from Rye Valley just outside of Nelson, up the mighty Waz. So there's a couple of options for you. And Izzy, mm. I'm not sure if this is from your dad, because I don't know your dad's number. We've got a text claiming to be from your dad on the text that line. That will be dead. That will be dead. Is lost it all in the flood. He did. Lost absolutely everything in the floods down there in Hawke's Bay. So have to kid him out again. He's just left yesterday, and he, he only bought a small bag. So <laughs> try to give him a, enough clothes to take away. Oh, Game my identity you. hoodie. But, um, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to re-kid him out. How do those identity hoodies work, mate? I mean, like, if you put the hood up and just leave the hood up, is, does it like is the stuff <laughs> lining the hood and it soaks your head and then is that how it works? <laughs> oh, so, so basically, when you get your hair done, you wear the hood mm. and it covers it, and then once you're ready to show your identity, you take it off, and nice. then it goes bang, voila, and you got a full crop of hair. Bang! Nice. Well, that's that's it. Well, I don't need too many of those hoods, as no. you can see. Uh, um, um, Kempi, I was going to ask you. We did have this tip come through. Take Wade Egan to score any time. 60-plus strike rate. Green note on that will help pay your Prego bill. He's paying $4.50. It's a stormy night in the cap, uh, in, in Auckland. What do you reckon? That's from Kevin uh, look, I, I think I think the middle is where it's going to be played tonight. So it's actually not a bad one there, Kev. Um, yeah, oh, f- stop saying that because $4.50 is good money um, for mm. Wade Egan. And when you, when, you, when you throw that out there, now, now I'm going to have to go and put something on it. Um, so I'll, I'll have a look at that. Just just to t- talk about that pie, there's actually a really nice chicken pie in Auckland, and it's in Cumia in a, in a little French cafe. Ooh. And it sort of it goes by the, the radar because you drive right past it. You can't even see that it's a cafe. It's right next to the sushi shop. And in there they make their own pies, um, and they make this chicken stew pie. Mate, it is so good. They put blue cheese in it, um, bit of chicken, some uh, asparagus. You know, tell you what I'm learning sauce. today is that Kempi is very cool on blue. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Kempi's very cool on blue. Well, you know, we we talk about you, you go to Friday feed, and he's all about Prego. Now he's about a pie that's got blue cheese in it. It's like wow. No, I didn't even know what broccoli was till I was thirteen. Most <laughs> <laughs> like, kids would be happy this? not What's to know what broccoli tree is. On my, plate? <laughs> my daughter certainly is happy not to know what broccoli is. I'll tell you that much for free. Uh, this text has come through as well. Uh, like John's suggestion of an under twenty super comp. I also saw the yeah, French like out muscle us in the, uh, this morning. But how good were the black ferns? And in terms of a pie, bacon and egg from Parongia Bakery is uh, is the shout-out. Yeah, that, and that, that bakery in Parongia, we stop there all the time, me and my boy, when we go home and driving just to, to uh, grab a grab a pie and a, and a sandwich. Um, as I just wanted to ask you a question, because you've been up to France and you spent a month up there. Uh, uh, obviously a well-known French name up there. This this back row of that place for them in the under-20s, I'm watching at the moment, he's six foot eight and 145 kilos. Do you see many many French names up there by the name of Tuolagi? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. He's he's obviously got a famous last name, eh? Carrying on the tradition in rugby. Well done, well done, the French rugby man. They're looking good. They are big side. They, close they are they are dwarfing our New Zealand side here. Um, mm. It's twenty twenty eight seven. The first try the New Zealand boys scored was a a penalty try under the post, but um, oh, France dominated them. Tuolagi scored two already.
Yeah, off the back, he is, he is a unit. He is a unit. It is uh, 28 away from nine here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. When we come back, Pip from the TAB is going to join us. Up next, though, it's Araha with the latest in news. Thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. It's 26 away from 9 here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. We've got your choices. Flooring pole results. Design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view. Pie Day Friday. What is your go-to filling? Here are the results. Steak and cheese. 59%. Easy. 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 Second place. Show mince and cheese in there too, please. Oh, okay, mince and cheese. I'm more, more a steak man personally, <laughs> but all right. Steak, uh, steak and mushroom second on 20, 22%. Chicken third at 16 and just 3% voting for fish, uh, which is which is good because, yeah, I'm not a seafood fan, so uh, bang on there. Thanks for voting on our choices. What about a pole. mussel pie? My dad loved the mussel pie from Makatu Pies in, in around the North Island. Muscle pie? No. Not my cup of tea, but I'll tell you what, my mum makes... Throw a potato top in there too, please. Oh, yes, potato top. I'm not not a big fan of potato tops, but I'm just saying about the mussels, mate. My mum makes a great curry mussels. Like, the best. Yeah, I don't don't do seafood. That would be nice in a pie. I never put it in Mm. a pie, so I'm... Next time I see her, I might tell her to whip those up and I'll bring a little bit of flaky pastry and whack it in a pie. I'll tell you what it tastes like. Oh, that would be bloody good, wouldn't it, Kempi? What about my pet hate for a pie? Peas or carrots in a pie. Yeah, <laughs> who so does that? So you're not a shepherd's pie fan? Sin. No shepherd's pie for you, is he? Yeah, not bad, but like when I go to a bakery and I get a pie and I take that first bite and there's a pea and a carrot in it, mm, no, no, no thank you. No thanks. Ain't right. going back there. No, all right, so those are your choices, flooring pole results. Discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with choices, flooring's floor room. Uh, room view, I should say. Uh, a couple of other texts come through. Uh, Mark, Kempi would be a very good judge of food, I'd say. That's a backhanded compliment if ever I've heard one. Uh, and Ian, I think he's found the, the best pie shop name ever. He said the chicken and ca- uh, chicken can- cranberry and brie yes, from fat, now we're talking. fat Bastard Pies in Invercargill. <laughs> <laughs> well, not named after me. Well, uh, no, no, I'm not going to say any more. Uh, Pip from TAB joins us. Bet live and on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Pip, have you got a, a, a go-to pie? What's your What's your favourite filling? She won't eat pies. Morning, oh, I have to say, I'm a mince and cheese, but I, but I love the savoury. I like a couple of wee little pies. Hey, hey, Pip, we got a we got a punter in here, Nick. He's put one out to us today. Uh, meet nine, race nine, number seven, big time Bernie at two dollars eighty a win. What What do you like? Do you like it? No, I don't like it. I'm pretty sure he's up against uh, Federal Infrared, so no. Oh, he's just not at his best at the moment. I couldn't pop him out at $2. What else have you got for us today, Pip? Well, I'll talk about the Warriors, just our popular power plays coming through. Dalen Wateni's Lesniak, first try scorer, and Sean Johnson anytime at $34 has been one of the most popular power plays. Also, DWZ to get the first or second try, and Warriors win 13 or more, also popular at $10. And the boosted option, Marcelo Montoya, anytime try scorer, and Warriors win 1 to 12 at $6. That's been really popular there. The Warriors, 13 or more, best backed winning team in margins still. Eight 
97% of the turnover is on them head-to-head, so a little bit down on yesterday, which was 91%. As far as the next game up, Storm and the Penrith, the head-to-head bidding pretty even at the moment. The best back power players, a successful field goal in the match. On the rugby side of things, the All Blacks are the best backed outright in the rugby championship, followed by South Africa. Not much else happening there. And on the women's FIFA World Cup, USA was 70% of the turnover for the outright winner, followed by England next best with 14%. And if you place a $20 or more bet on any women's team to win the FIFA World Cup, every time your team wins throughout the series, we'll give you a $10 bonus bet. You know what I'd do? I'd just back the USA from the top. They've won the last two World Cups. They will win their way through to the final, I'm pretty sure, and that would give you $70 worth of bonus bets over the tournament. I like that, Ricardo. I might do that myself. There you go. There you what's, go. Your, what's, what's your favourite for tonight, Pip? I know that you uh, have liked the Warriors and you and you have you burnt your Penrith jersey and put a Warriors one on? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go half and half tonight, I think. Um yeah, I, I actually tipped the Warriors to beat the Bunnies. I think just with them missing Latrell Mitchell, Cowboys got their business done with them last week. I think that can happen again. And oh, Look, I think Storm will be hard to beat at home, but I do think Penrith have them defensively. I think the Storm may, might have us attacking, so I think it's going to be a good game. But I'm hoping we win because Justin Evans will just never shut up if the Storm beat Penrith. So <laughs> <I think it's laughs> hey, uh, Pip, just before we let you go, Kevin, uh, who's one of our regular texters, is, uh, has tipped out Wade Egan on a wet night to score a try at $4.50. He's uh, got a 60% strike rate. Do you like that? I do like that. Yep, definitely like that. He's playing super too since he's been coming back. Yep, nice. Good stuff, Pip. Thanks very much, mate. Go and grab yourself a mince and cheese pie and enjoy your weekend, eh? Will do. You too, guys. See you later. Cheers. Uh, watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, R18. When we come back on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, it's question time. Run, don't walk. Versace Poro 100 mil is only $79.99, but only at Chemist Warehouse. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. It's a quarter. I got my elbow on the windowsill, hand on my face, looking out to the world. A lot of questions they awake in my brain, and I'm still trying to suss out what I'm going to say. And if I do speak on some things, is it you that's going to cup all I hate? So here goes. Uh, quarter to nine. I went a little bit early there, boys. Sorry. Uh, it is question time, though. Question time. Uh, and I know, like, Izzy is so invested in this. He's got the laptop on his lap. He's he's Googling already. He's Googling answers uh, for question time. Uh, <laughs> I am, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what makes Wimbledon such a class slam? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Grass? They all wear what? <laughs> We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's start with an easy one. Let's start with an easy one. Taylor Swift, obviously uh, sold out New Zealand and Australia tickets. Like apparently, they had a million people trying to buy four hundred and fifty thousand tickets, basically. So it was a slam. You're the only kidding. T- no, the only tickets available apparently now are thousand dollars a shot um, for like the corporate the corporate seats. So the question is, who would you pay a thousand dollars to see live in concert? And I'm picking it's not Taylor Swift. I wouldn't pay a thousand to go see Swift, Swifty. I know there's a lot of fans out there. A thousand dollars to go see someone, probably Eminem. Probably pay a thousand to go see Eminem if he ever toured New Zealand, and I'm hearing he might be here next year. So, yeah, I'll probably pay a thousand to go see Eminem. Alive or dead? 
Oh, whatever you like, mate. Whatever you like. Oh, look, I'd pay a thousand if if I could to Bob Marley, Prince, probably uh, James Brown. Uh, live, mm. I'm a massive Drake fan. So oh, really? If he if he toured and there was a box seat for a thousand bucks, I couldn't get in. I'd probably pay it. Yeah. Okay. Thousand dollars. Yeah. Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Yeah. Freddie. Hundred percent. Well, I, I just said you mentioned Eminem might be here next year. I just seen news has come through that Post Malone is in Auckland in November. One off show. If you're a fan, Ooh, mate, you nah, I wouldn't pay you a thousand. To, you have to do, Post you have to do some. That's your that's your gig, okay? You're it's the, not my you're, gig, the mate. Mu- you're the music man. We need Post Malone tickets. All right. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. All right, mate. I, to be honest, I didn't even know who he was. Green so, room. <laughs> green room tickets. We, we want to we want to go and have we want to go have a little bit of fun with Post Malone in the green room. I thought somebody had just said Sylvester Stallone wrong. Um, yeah, there you go. But for <laughs> Post Malone, uh, November in Auckland, apparently. All right, what will the score between the Wires and the Rabbitohs be tonight? I think they get 30. I think I think they're on a bit of a roll at the moment. One of the things that lifted my confidence in the Warriors going into this game against South was the way that they looked at the end of the game um, against mm. St. George. Like, going there to Wollongong only won once in the last five or six years uh, and dominating them and coming off the, on that sideline where the co- I've never seen the coaches down there on the sideline this mm. year and just the smile across the board I actually think they are really confident at the moment and um, if the wind stays away tonight I'm confident they get 30 Ooh okay I'm th- you talked me out of it with the weather there Kempi so I was thinking it's going to be a little bit tighter so I'm thinking a bit of a but I'm still predicting the Warriors to win um, 24-10 I think the score will be over 14 points. Yeah, I think they'll be too good, um, but just the weather factor might play a little bit. Yeah, that'll get my 13-plus home, which is good. I've got a bonus bid on, Izzy, so that's good. Like that, like that. Uh, keep you on, <laughs> keep you on, mate. Hey, on that, actually, uh, we heard today that the Crusader well, came out last night. Actually, the Crusader's going to go play Munster in Bristol in February next year, um, and there's been some rumblings about the calendar for international rugby changing as well. So the question for you is, when will we see the World League start in rugby union? Sooner the better, I'd mm. say. This is a good step in the right direction next year. Um, whether this was just on their own agenda, uh, it's probably showing that. But, um, yeah, the sooner the better. I think this needs to happen just to get some more entertainment in the game. Everyone wants to see the best players playing the best players, particularly from the north and the south. So, yeah, oh, 2026 is what they're saying, but sooner rather than later. would love yeah. to see it. Yeah, I don't know why they're taking their time to put it out there in 2026. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd be kicking it off straight after the World Cup. So, mm. um, I don't know. I think I think rugby, the space in rugby changes really quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if we see during the World Cup an announcement made that they'll probably kick it off sooner. Yeah. I think it's well, deals, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say 2025 would make mm. sense because 2024, everybody's play, plans are in place already, I suppose. Mm. Yep, 2025 would be the realistic opportunity. So, mate, sooner the better. Sooner the better. All right, so we've done who, what, and when. Time for where, and this is where the hard questions come oh, out for us. this is a goodie. Where do you put your sauce? On the <laughs> chips or on the side? Oh, this is a controversial take. In it. Like, where do we start? What, what situation are yeah, we posed? It's, it's are we going one. in a packet of chips? Are, yeah. we, are we going the fish and chips? Are we getting a punnet of chips that's in a plastic uh, paper bag? Like, this is the key. I'm thinking when you get you, you get you get the fish and chips and you bring them home and you dish out everybody's order on the plate. So you're on a plate. You put your sauce on mate, the chips you, or on the you side. You get a big dollop, big dollop of half of pun, half of sauce bowl and and you're just pouring it on the side. So you're dipping, aren't you? There's nothing worse than getting uh, sauce on your fingers. I'd say a big bowl on the side so you can dip it in and out. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I'm the same. If you got a, if you go on fish and chips and you and you can open it right out, then it goes on the side. Otherwise, if you've got the sauce and it's in the close quarters, like you know, you used to go to the rugby rugby is and you get the little round. Um, cylinder of hot chips, the crinkle chips, mm. and you get mm. the sauce, and you look at the sauce, and they only give you one squirt. You know what I mean? So you get the sauce oh, for one enough. squirt. It's not enough. So I just squirt it nice and slow, <laughs> and go and just like make an ice cream with it. <laughs> well, that, well, that's the other thing too. I mean, sauce like tomato sauce, obviously what, what most people go to, but you guys ever do the vinegar or or go the Hell or, no. or go the mayo? Uh, the, man, all, all sauces. All sauces is a North Island thing, eh? You chuck aioli, garlic, yogurt, and you put it all in the tomato sauce, and you put it all in the in the chips, and then it goes together. And oh, I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> Mate, I, I, I had a uh, I had the opportunity went over to um, Holland, mate, and had had mayonnaise and chips for the first time when I was 18. Over there, when I went over and played at Doncaster, I, I thought mayonnaise and chips, man, it was sensational. Yeah, I like it. Actually, I quite like the old vinegar on chips too. It's quite nice. It's quite nice. Bit of, mm. bit of extra salt, bit of extra tang. Uh, right, okay, so we, we've hit the big one. Right, why Why is Wimbledon so special? It's the slam of the four slams, isn't it? Well, I'll talk about it first. For me, it's where I really got to um, see the great John McEnroe and Bjorn Borg. You know, and that was the rivalry of tennis there. And that's where people in my um, my day really got to watch professional tennis because it was Macaro blowing up and Beyond Borg, who looked like a surfie with a headband. You know what I mean? They play with those wooden rackets still back back then. That's how long you would never have held a wooden racket in your day, Izzy, would you? Um, but yeah, that's that's why Wimbledon to me, that like all of the other slams, you never heard of. But as soon as Wimbledon come down, it was always the McEnroe Bjorg um, battle. He's created a few I rackets, I history. know, but I don't know about held any. Uh, what about you, Izzy? <laughs> I think it's the history and the tradition behind it. You know, they've got to wear the white attire, and it's a you know prestige event behind it. So yeah, I think it's that. That's the only grass court. When you think of courts around New Zealand before the, these all these fancy courts came out, it was always on the grass. So I think it's the history and the prestige behind it which makes it such a good watch. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. That leads us to the last one. How? Dagger, it's been a long season. How will you spend the weekend with no super rugby? Well, it's been a long week, I must say, after my my uh, carry-ons at Matt Todd's on the weekend, so I won't be repeating that. Um, I'll be having a quiet weekend at home with the family, uh, watching a bit of sport and racing. I'm going to have a little night out in the new caravan, going to park it up in the driveway, and the kids are very excited. So just uh, be chilling with the whanau. No alcohol consumed one bit. Sleeping out, sleeping out. It's camping time. Oh, there you go. Those, uh, those. That's question time. That is question time. We know what. Uh, Kempi's going to be doing. He doesn't care that the Super Rugby's finished because he's got the Waz tonight and he's going to be doing the commentary live from Mount Smart Stadium alongside Waz. Sam. And actually, i just seen uh, the run sheet come through from the run home. They're going to have that, that course live at Mount Smart tonight. They've got Tamari Martin as a guest on site nice. before the game, so make sure you tune in for that one. We are six away from nine on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast.